0: It's not a great question. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak.
1: It's
2: Thursday, January 5th, 2012. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 371.
1: This is No Agenda
2: the Presidential
3: X-Factor Reality
2: Show from Camp MoFo here in Austin, Texas, the capital of the drone star state. In the morning, everybody,
0: I'm Adam Curry. And from Northern Silicon Valley, where I'm opening a new red book for 2012, I'm John C. Dvorak. It's
4: Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning.
0: Stinger ending, nice, tight.
2: Yeah, I got a new uh, red book ready to go. Oh, good. Yeah, because I remember uh, you uh, you had left it downstairs during the previous uh, broadcast.
0: Right, and so the notes were put where they're normally put, which is on the back of two envelopes.
2: Uh, <laughs> the old school system. You mean our old filing system. It works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works. It does.
0: It's Would hard you... to look stuff up, though. Yeah.
2: Would You, you uh, can't l-
0: flip through the old... Um, envelopes
2: would you uh, speaking of the red book would you mind uh stepping into the time machine for a second here no 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 no, no just no 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 john 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 just get in just get I just
0: well, just that's what it just, just get it has music i don't know why just get in okay there's the music
2: for the time machine i take you back to sunday show one for ron paul three for mitt one for ron paul three for mitt That's how it's going to be. It's going to be one big
0: phony. Okay, let's make some predictions. We got, oh, damn, I got the new red book, but it's downstairs, and I'm not going to go down and get it. Uh, I'll have to write on a piece of paper. Prediction? Oh, I can give you the prediction right now. Okay. Give me your prediction. Okay. Mitt
2: Romney wins. Uh, Number two, Rick Santorum because they've just all of a sudden all of a sudden he's surging in the polls so the fix is in on him they got to have a they got to have a buffer between him and Ron Paul Ron Paul will be third even though of course he will win the election the the nomination the the caucus he will actually win it but they're going to they're going to fake it up and it'll be Romney uh Santorum and then Ron Paul okay you can get out of the time machine now <laughs>
0: No, 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 no! It's this one. <laughs> How about that, huh? Yeah, that was a uh, spot on.
2: <laughs> yeah, and people are saying, "How did you know?" Say, it's so easy.
0: It's just you well, I, you, I have to remind people that you have a, a thesis, which I think pays off more often than not, and uh, which is that everything is everything is rigged, everything. and I think your this matches your. Uh, this matches your uh, uh, World Cup. Uh, yeah, that's which, right. Which, I, which actually, I've totally subscribed to uh, the um, idea that uh, all World Cups are the winners are based on geopolitical uh, aspects of the day's news. Indeed, and uh, and this
2: was it was actually quite funny. Um, now, I don't know. if, uh, I think you were doing the Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged show. Although um so it was two hours later for me. I actually stayed up until two in the morning just because it was it was such interesting not great, but
0: interesting. Oh <laughs> wait you just because you nailed the prediction, you just wanted to make sure you when you went to bed you were happy.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I had a blog post already to go. I'm like, yeah no, yeah no, yeah no I mean they had me on the edge of my seat. I mean, but I knew it. I knew what was gonna happen. I was it was like everything was so beautifully scripted. If you and I had sat down and said Okay, we have to do uh, uh, this week's episode of the presidential uh, X Factor reality show. Uh, we would have done it exactly like this. This is ex- and and the way uh, Ron Paul first showed up and did his speech, and then um, we had uh, Santorum show up and do his speech. During his speech, uh, he jumps ahead by. Uh, by you know uh, no he, he he's ahead he jump he he does a speech then Romney jumps ahead then uh, then it's back to Santorum and the Santorum stays ahead until the very end and then they, they can't get the results it's like <laughs> it was like okay really it's so perfect you know clearly it was rigged and it doesn't matter because in the uh, in the system Ron Paul not only got the uh, electoral votes that he needs which is seven I believe so each of the
0: well, that's not necessarily true because it turns out when you start looking into it that this whole thing is something of a of a facade because yes. they still have another – they have another meeting and then they maybe throw all the votes into anybody they want to. This whole thing was – This caucus thing is not necessarily – it's not necessarily by law divided up into each person getting X number of votes. No,
2: but what uh, the Ron Paul campaign has done is they made sure that their people stayed so that they would actually become delegates. And I think that's the –
0: Yeah, you get those delegates. That's what
2: you want. So it was a completely useless exercise. It was only good for television. I mean, did you see – did you watch at the the very end when – the votes. I mean, it was, it was absolutely crazy. Anderson Pooper at a certain point said to, what's that, uh, what's that financial douchebag's name on uh, CNN? Vushy. Uh, douchebag
0: on CNN. Yeah, is that like,
2: uh, <laughs> Just like uh, uh, What? He says, what the hell is this magic Twitter wall you've got? What the hell does it mean? <laughs> like they were completely discrediting all of their stuff. They're swooping stuff back and forth between screens. Aaron Burnett walking around without her shoes on. By the way, um, from purely from a uh, television producer standpoint, she's done a good job on uh, her her lower half.
0: She's losing weight, you, you're, yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, she's losing yeah, weight. still
2: uh, needs some work. Well, she's dressing in black, so she hides the belly a little bit. But, uh, no, it's good. I think it's good. Uh, the legs still need some work and stuff. That's why she's not on Fox and why she's on CNN. Um, but it was just funny. And Fox was even funnier. They had... Uh, What's her face? The girl who needs to eat. Megan? Megan really, Kelly? Yeah, she, she needs to eat. She's, she's, she's thinning out too much. She needs to eat all right. At a certain point, she's like, zoom out. There's no one here. It's just us and the makeup people. <laughs> like, oh, man. They totally broke down.
0: Well, they were sick of working all that. I mean, that's East Coast time. Those people yeah, are at three yeah, four in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> it was
2: hilarious. It was a good television. That's what it was. And I think that the only reason they delayed the uh, the final results is because I guess they had had some make goods to do or something on the on the <laughs> advertising for the ads. Yeah, the day. Hey, we
0: ran your ad, man? <laughs> we, no, I man. It was like three in the morning. Yeah, no was one was watching, watching no, it. No, no we yeah. the
2: packing them in. So I was watching C-SPAN about this voting process. And they had Linda Upmeyer on, who is the president of the Iowa Caucus uh, hoo-ha, and she makes a number of faux pas. Uh, here's a guy who calls in. And uh, he's clearly uh, crazy. Of course, that's uh, yeah. Whenever you call him on the independent line, uh, you can even see the host go, "Oh God, this is crazy." Cracking
5: up. I want to make sure that we get this right. You're hearing that the final tally from Iowa would be counted in Illinois. Yeah, I just saw
1: that. Uh, that was a report on uh, Chicago radio. Just said that yesterday. Uh, I, I just read that this morning on the internet. So uh, <laughs> with her being, having the title that of uh, a- Republican leader. I would like to know where these votes going to be counted. Are they going to be? Are are they doing anything different this time? Are they going to be counted behind closed doors?
5: Well, let's let's talk about how the caucuses work. Go ahead, Linda Meyer. Sure. Sure. That's a great sure. question.
0: That's
1: a great
2: question. That's
0: a great question. <laughs> but it's not even it's not even a question. How, well, I guess it is in the, in the Vegas sense. But how do the caucuses work is not a great question.
2: <laughs> but that's not actually the question. The question is, will the votes be counted in Illinois? That's the question.
0: Well, I know, but the question that she said it was a great question was
2: a (laughs) reference to this. It's a great question. Would you like to hear the answer to this great question, which, of course, is not an answer?
6: Um, Every individual vote that is cast at a caucus will be counted at the caucus in full view of of, of everyone there. Uh, every one of the candidates has an opportunity to have an observer watch that count. So everything is counted there. Then they are called in to a central location, and all of that is tallied. Typically, that has been at camp, uh, er, excuse what? me,
2: at par- Camp what? what? What was she going to say, do you think? I don't know. Camp David. Uh, camp Camp know, Mofo. Camp, camp Mofo here. Counting up the votes. Hello. We have the votes from Camp Mofo headquarters in Des Moines. I'm not positive
6: um, if, if that's exactly the location. No, she's
2: the president of the whole shebang. I'm not positive. If the, so she doesn't answer the question. She's not positive. If that's where it was done. So there's some other guy that I found on the Internet who called into the um, the press office there at the Iowa Republican or the uh, whatever, whoever counts the votes. And uh, and the answers that he got, I just have a little snippet here, were quite revealing because the way it works, as you just heard uh, Linda, great question, uh, the Upmeyer say, is they're tallied locally and then they're called in to a central location, and that of
4: course is the weak link. But I mean, either way, if it's if it's entered into a if it's entered into a system and, and in that system I, there's another human on the other end of that system. Um, you know, checking checking those votes. What's the difference between that and someone calling it in? I mean, either way, they can, the, the the numbers can be falsified. Uh, oh,
2: really? The oh. numbers can be falsified. Oh, right. So the guy goes, aha, that's what I'm talking but about.
4: You're getting it. Um,
3: yeah. Is there right, any possibility that these numbers can be falsified in the Iowa caucus that's coming up?
4: No, and absolutely not. And that would be no one's interest. chance. No, listen, listen, listen. To what he
3: said or anything like that.
2: It wouldn't benefit anybody. No, it wouldn't benefit to do that. It would make no sense. Why would anyone want to falsify that? It's no benefit. (laughs) But, of course, during the broadcast, the the single most tweeted item and emailed link to me, which I'm sure you got exactly the same, was when uh, they cut over to the Ron Paul camp. They they went Ron Paul camp, uh, Santorum camp, uh, Romney camp. And they're at the Ron Paul camp, and, the, and there's a, a, a soldier in fatigues with a, yeah. big, with a big 9-11, never forget, tattooed in his neck. Uh, but, oh, boy, <laughs> the following happens, for those of you who are not aware of this, and, of course, we do have many listeners outside of Gitmo Nation proper here.
3: Paul, let's go to Dan Bash over at Ron Paul headquarters right now. I, I guess more and more people are coming back from their caucuses to, to wait for the, uh, the candidate.
6: That's right. And we have uh, here somebody who actually did just go vote for Ron Paul, a first time caucus voter, uh, Corporal Jesse Thorson, who is 28 years old and you are active duty U.S. Army. What did you
5: vote for?
2: Now, let's be in the control room, John. Okay, Uh, you want to be the producer or the director?
0: (laughs) Which one do you want to be? I'll be the director. Okay. (laughs) Uh, okay, Paul. he can't too. Well, I'm, right.
4: I'm really excited All right, about close. Zoom in on him. Uh, especially okay, when yeah, it comes to bringing the soldiers move in. Two, move in. for left, 10, uh, years now, been and 10 years now, all Get those someone ready
0: over at the Romney camp. I'd like
4: to see a little peace time uh, army, and I think he has the Romney right camp,
0: idea. come in.
2: And
6: you have done two tours in Afghanistan. You told me you're going to go back for a tour. I mean, if you can see...
2: Does she have the
4: script?
6: Your, your neck right there. Does she have, have the script? On your tattoo, 9-11, uh, remember, and the picture of
4: the twin towers. Wait a minute. You know, what you know, is you know, she you know, talking about the tattoo? Calendar what is she talking about this Ron tattoo Paul thing? Ron Paul will be
6: very
7: dangerous what for is she talking this country about the because he wants 9/11. to bring 9/11. troops like you. Cut it.
4: Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Well, I think it would be even more dangerous to start nitpicking wars with countries. Cut to Romney. 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 Cut
0: to Romney. Israel is more capable of Mess up the satellite link. Okay, Q, Wolf,
3: Wolf, Wolf. All right, we just lost our connection, unfortunately, with Dana. Dana, stand by. If you can hear me, we're going to get back. You want to go to Candy Crowley over at Mitt Romney (laughs) headquarters? uh, Zoom out. She's really big. Fill up that room over there, Candy. (laughs) (laughs) She's filling up the room
2: all right. And, of course, they never came back to him. Of course not. But it was funny because, uh, uh, at a certain point, Anderson Pooper actually made a comment about it, and he said... uh, I don't have that here, but he said, uh, well, you know, we lost the satellite link. And, of course, uh, people on the Internet are going to say we did it on purpose. Yeah. Why even mention that? (laughs) Because the Internet was saying that. You did do it on purpose. Because they did it on purpose. So obvious. And then that's the only, you know, Yeah, it was ridiculous. (laughs) Hey, We'd be really good at this. I mean, and we'd work for peanuts. We'd work cheap, wouldn't we? We're working cheap now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kidding. Hey, by the way, in the morning to you, John. I forgot to say that.
0: In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning, to all ships at sea, boots on the ground, and caucuses in the uh, in
2: New Hampshire's in the
0: uh,
2: uh, mountains. Yes, in the mountains, and of so course, I noticed wait, you know Colbert,
0: and I have a clip from let, him. Let me
2: just say hi to the chat room. Oh, hello, the chat room. Yes, in the morning to your chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net, always here in a full-blown caucusing mode when we are doing the show live on Sunday and Thursday mornings, 9 o'clock Gitmo Nation West time.
0: So the... Um... Colbert Show has uh, Stephen Colbert jumps off of a cliff with a holding a flag, and they always have these different words flying around him. And there's one they change every so often. And there's only one time I've ever seen where he's said the little phrase once, and then the next day it was gone, uh, which was caucus blocker. Huh. Oh no, I'm not not caucus blocker, caucus tease. And uh, right. <laughs> uh, I I was thinking about it, I didn't. It, apparently, I was like the last person in the family to get the joke. As in cock tease. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, you're you're not a sexually oriented guy.
0: That's my job. Certainly not. No. Or I'm not, I, I don't have a filthy mind, let's put it that way. <laughs> <Okay>. Like you. <laughs> I'm still young and vibrant.
2: Uh. Uh. All right, do you have a clip? No, you don't have a clip. Yeah, I do
0: have a clip. I want to play the only clip, one of the clips I thought was interesting, or, or, or somebody, it was actually on CNN, played the Romney in 2008, which I'm not sure the uh, the overriding meaning of this, but I found it to be kind of interesting.
7: Cedar Rapids is in Linn County, 6.6% of the population. Governor Romney, Santorum third there. That's one of the reasons. So as you watch this now, you have the closest race in Iowa caucus history. Wow. Eight uh, Governor Romney wins 30,015 votes. You want to see something eerie? 25%. 30,015 votes. We go back four years. Governor Romney, 30,021 votes. Six votes difference. Yeah. yeah.
0: He got less votes, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> it was all—it was all very, very funny, and I—and and, uh, I'm ready to. Uh, I think what happened, uh, by the way, you know. So Rick Perry said, "You know, we are going go back to Texas and pray," and uh, and Michelle Bachman uh, said, uh, "You know, we're we're moving forward." That so we knew she was out, but I think uh, Perry we're got the forward. yeah. I think Perry got the call like. Hello. Uh, Yeah. Hi. This is uh, the producer of the uh, presidential X Factor reality show. Uh, I'm sorry. We really need you for this. uh, This next episode. Uh, You know, it's really important for the ratings. Uh, You are. You're completely loved. I will give you a little bump, you know, so so you don't have to go and defeat. You can uh, we're going to give you a bump for the next week or two. So he's coming back.
0: Uh, Yeah, I think there's a couple more interesting things coming up. They tried to tease one, or I think possibly Gingrich went off the reservation because this didn't get much play anywhere. It was on one of the morning shows. It may have been the Today Show, uh, and it was reprised on Colbert, so there's a laugh track behind it. But uh, I want to play it because I thought it was the funniest thing, and I know it was not part of the script because the way it was played out. But look for the – where's the clip? Gingrich, Gingrich. Newt on Romney Suppressed. Okay.
5: Are you calling Mitt Romney a liar? <laughs> yes. You're calling Mitt Romney a liar.
8: Well, it, you seem shocked, by it. I, I said, Yes. What, Why what are you, you, you saying
5: say? he's a liar? The, 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 this is a man whose staff
8: created the PAC. His millionaire friends fund the PAC. He pretends he has nothing to do with the pact. It's baloney. <laughs> so,
0: I found this to be quite interesting. And it should make for a really good rating on the uh, upcoming Friday or tomorrow's debate.
2: Yes. Well, I think what uh, what happened, because, you know, everyone was talking about his concession speech where he was really, you know, he's like really angry. Yeah. And uh, I think he's angry because the Clintons had promised, you know, to buy up a whole bunch more votes. And uh, either they didn't just put enough money into it or whatever, but they failed him. And he was like, what is this? You guys promised me this. You promised me a top-tier position. So he was just PO'd that he hadn't gotten uh, the support that the Clintons promised him. <laughs> That's my assertion, obviously.
0: That should be in the second half of the show. <laughs> no, there's
2: much better stuff coming up for the second half of the show. Um, but I I, I I, do think that um, uh, well, we can't make any real predictions until after Saturday's debate, because, of course, we'll have the New Hampshire primary on Tuesday. Uh, preliminary uh, script writing, I would say we keep Santorum in the running. We move uh, Perry up um, to uh, have more story. We have to have a little bit of a Cinderella story uh, to obfuscate Ron Paul's success once again. So I think that's probably where it'll go. Most importantly, though, I think the lineup on Saturday's debate is something we need to look at. I would be putting, obviously, Mitt Romney in the middle, uh, Santorum, uh, basically those two guys uh, next to each other. You know, it used to be... uh, Uh, Newt Newt will have to move over one but the question is do we put um, uh, Ron Paul next to Santorum or Romney I'm thinking Romney
0: Well, I have a problem with not putting Gingrich next to Romney because that's where the fireworks and that's where the ratings are. Very good.
2: Uh, Okay. You're hearing
0: hearing a production meeting in process, by the way. (laughs) Okay. But the problem is is that you're going to get some blowback from the audience because especially the Ron Paul audience, which is the most – the most vocal and uh, you know point they point the finger at everything so if you so if you had in the center you'd have romney in the center as usual and if you put and you flanked him with santorum and uh and gingrich and with paul over it would cause a a, a ruckus.
2: huge ruckus yeah so they'll, so and, so why don't we put um the texans next to each other so they can like
0: cancel each other out well i I think you could actually almost take a... Ch- well, it's hard did, to... You know, this, Huntsman is back. He's
2: still in, screwed. right? You're screwed.
0: You're going to have to put Romney in the middle. Then you have to put Gingrich on his left. Right. Good, all, good spot. All on his right. Yeah. And then you would have to put... Uh, uh, Perry next to that. No, I'm thinking where you're going to put Gingrich. I think Gingrich should be on the side of Santorum Ooh. as opposed to the side of... Ron Paul, because it would be better to put Perry next to Ron Paul and then you could marginalize the two Texans as a
2: yes, group. and I think we should have Ron Paul way left because that's how we're positioning him uh, in the media. His, uh, is, he's even more left than Obama. But where do we put Huntsman Because that's unbalanced. We don't have no, a, that's been well, let's see, well, are, the, are we inviting
0: you Ron him? him? You got Ron're not
2: if, he, if we invite him, we're not paying for his transportation. He can get his own damn hotel room.
0: <laughs> I thought that was the. So everybody had to get their own. Road yeah, road. right.
2: I can just see Huntsman. Hey, I'm here for my per diem. <laughs> yes, we have the envelope for you here.
0: Yeah, you're right. It is unbalanced. I think they just have to drop Huntsman.
2: We'll see. I, I you yeah. know, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Because it'd be great to have just the five guys. That it's would be a nice fantastic. Yeah, look. yeah. It,
2: you know? it
0: looks great on camera.
2: Otherwise, you have to get the jib out again. Ugh, cost extra money. Um, before we get into uh, thanking uh, some of our producers here, I would like to uh, uh, play a prediction from a different Red Book, which was completely surprising to me. Pat Robertson, who has the, uh, what is it? Uh, is it the CBN, the Christian Broadcast Broadcasting
0: Network? Broadcasting
2: Network, yeah. So um, now Pat Robertson has been a, uh, he's been a, the forefront of American politics since the 60s, has he not? If you want to call it that. Well, don't all the presidents talk to him? And isn't don't isn't? I'm not sure that Obama's ever had a word with him. How about previous presidents?
0: Certainly, Republican presidents have
2: spoken with him.
0: Yeah, he I he an doubt Really had much to do with the guy. Yeah, but he, Clinton wasn't a Republican. Well, Clinton was a Republican, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um.
2: So he uh, he had a talk with God. Oh well, that was must have been in- entertaining. It was, because uh, uh, God apparently told him who was going to be the next president. And who is it going to be? Well, he's not allowed to tell. God told him not to tell what? anybody. Yeah, yeah. No.
0: What? Is this is a non-transparent uh, situation we were running into. <laughs>
2: but the things God did tell him, and the questions he asked, had me raising my eyebrows. Let's uh, hear this little segment from Pat Robertson on his little uh, satellite
1: station. There. No. Spent. Better part of a week in prayer and just saying, God, show me something. And I'll. And by the way, I'm not mocking God, but I am totally mocking Pat Robertson. i share with you uh, some things I'll share with you. I think he showed me about uh, uh, the next president, but I'm not supposed to talk about that. So I'll
2: Yeah, because, uh, you know, God, uh, you know, he doesn't, want, he doesn't want to blow the ratings. <laughs> god talked to cnn apparently too and cnn said oh please god don't let pat spill the beans because we got the ratings to think of okay i you
1: in the dark <laughs>
5: <laughs> probably just as well probably just as well
1: but i think i know who it's going to be all right i'm going to read just what i wrote down and i'm as if i'm hearing from the lord these words your country will be torn apart by internal stress a house divided cannot stand Your president holds a radical view of the direction of your country, which is at odds with the majority. Expect chaos and paralysis. Your president holds a view which is at the odds with the majority. It's a radical view of the future of the country, and so that's why we're having this division. This is a spiritual battle which can only be won by overwhelming prayer. The future of the world is at stake because if America falls, there's no longer a strong champion of freedom and a champion of the oppressed of the world. There must be an urgent call to prayer. Now, this is
2: a, now, this is a, a lot of people talk to God, by the way, you know, they pray. But to have God reply so succinctly... Yeah, it's very
0: rare. Yeah, that's a... I think the last time it had was like an 1100.
2: <laughs> what do you mean, like those tablets? Uh,
0: somebody will get the
2: joke. But now, but now, yeah. But now listen to what uh, Pat Robertson asked God. He asked more questions, which was v- his questions were, uh, uh, you know... If you have God talking to you, you got some questions to ask. Oh I, yeah, I got some questions. Got, I would like
0: to know who's going to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I need some horses, you know, so I can maybe pick up some extra cash. Uh, yeah. Stock tips, stock tips.
1: <laughs> okay, and then um, the Lord said, "A time of maximum stress and peril, greater than at any time since the CBN ministry began. This country will begin disintegrating."
2: Now this is this. The, now I'm like, oh wow. So the Lord is predicting doom. Uh, Pat, yeah, Pat. <laughs> and he would know. Yeah.
1: So Pat, could you please ask us what kind of, ask the Lord what kind of doom this could be? Now, I thought when did we start this place I started uh, CBN in, in I think 1960 mm-hmm. uh, we had uh, uh, you think of all the things that went on you had the assassination of the president the assassination of Martin Luther King you've got a war in Vietnam you've got all these things he said it's a worse stress than before so I'm saying God uh, let me give you some, some, some suggestions and you tell me if
0: any of them <laughs> is right you know
2: <laughs> all right so what would your first suggestion be if you' if it's a guessing game with God?
0: I have no idea what this lunatic is even up to. So I I wouldn't even come up with something. I mean, go on.
1: Pick one. So I said, is it an EMP blast? No. Oh, bro. <laughs> is it an EMP blast? Oh, yeah. Hold, yeah. On. Hold on. Let's listen to this. Uh, is it a cosmic or solar radiation blast? No. Uh, is it the Mayan galaxy alignment? No, it's not that. Which will shock many. Is it Iranian or North of Korean nuclear threat? No. Is it an earthquake or a volcano? No. Is it a massive power failure? No. What is it? It's an economic collapse. And God said, oh, and I quote, please. this is not my judgment. Hey, they are- oh,
0: that's, who was- that's the guy that called me the other day, and I told him about the economic collapse. Yeah, there you go. Well, you know, Robertson's old enough to know that uh, they're about the cycles and, uh, yeah, economic collapse. So that's just, just I, you can find that in there. I can find a, people saying that all over the place. Why do you have to go to the man upstairs? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think he, he wasted his time. Yeah. That's has been total, listening to our show. Total time waster. DH unplugged. We, we talk about it. Yeah. Let's, take, let's talk about our some of our executive producers.
2: Yeah, we didn't do too well today, actually.
0: Well, we didn't do too well today. But we do have some, two executive producers and two associates, which is not bad. That's always nice. Jason Hoffman, uh, just in play. I guess he's in Italy in the morning once again. Gents, last episode, the second part of my email got cut off somehow, so I figured I'd donate some more money to $371.71 to fix your crappy email server. Oh, it got cut off again.
2: <laughs> Hold on. It's not our crappy email server. It's the way PayPal formats their output. Which is not uh, sh- podcast friendly. Yes, not our fault. But okay. okay,
0: love to explain why we're wrong about cops and military most of the time, but afraid the email would get cut off. Yeah, okay. Despite the technical difficulty, we don't need a long lecture on why we're wrong about cops in the military. We know we're all. We know we're wrong. We know we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Except when it comes to the uniforms that generals wear. <laughs> yeah. Despite the technical difficulties, still praise the hard work we do. Uh, keep up with the good work of making the best damn podcast in the universe. You've got that right. Please give a karma sh- shot to my smoking hot Italian wife, Nico, and my newest human resource, Alexander. And we're at opposite sides of the country right now. Sincerely, Jason Hoffman, boots on the ground, not the pen- pansy drone operator.
2: <laughs> right on, man. Here's for your smoking hot wife. You've got
4: karma.
0: Of the
2: Italian persuasion. And for your kid. Thank you very much. Appreciate you being the executive Blinded producer. Blinded
0: by beauty. Mm. Inger Moe, Lafayette, Colorado, 33333. 330, please, this donation is a co 25th anniversary gift to each other. Oh. Uh We love listening to the best podcast in the universe. Please send karma to our daughter, Marissa, for a long-lasting relationship. Listen to No Agenda in the morning. Inger and Chuck Moe. Ron Paul, 1212. Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. Happy 24th. You've got karma. That's so
2: nice. You know, the family that listens to No Agenda together stays together.
0: It's a fact. Mm -hmm. It's a fact. (laughs) fact of the matter. Fact <laughs> Charles Friedman, Las Vegas, Nevada, two hundred dollars. Jesse Anderson, Springville, Utah, two hundred dollars. Hi guys, name is Jesse B. Anderson. And I have listened to your show for a few months. I've enjoyed the hours of entertainment. Shout out to my seventy five year old young father, Cordell Anderson, and encouraging me to don for encouraging me to donate. All right, Cordell. Cordell M. Anderson. But then he says he doesn't like your show much at all. And he <laughs> likes Glenn Beck and Fox News, which uh-huh. we debunk constantly, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I mean, those guys are just, they're corrupt. But he got me to <laughs> donate after listening to the Value for Value funding model. The, those interested in the great Utah outdoor photos, check his blog out at CordellAnderson.com.
2: CordellMAnderson.com.
0: CordellM, C-O-R-D-E-L-L-M Anderson. Please keep producing the best podcast in your universe. Oh, thank you very much. That's nice. How you there, Cordell? And by the way, Beck's making millions still. hmm we're just getting what by. are we doing wrong? He, he's on the internet. He, he, he's nowhere on television. He took his huge Fox audience with him. That's uh, not what he's doing right. Uh, I, I if we don't... had a big Fox, number one Fox show, which he had for a couple of years, with millions of viewers, you know, and then just suckered it, you get one-fourth of them to go onto the internet with him, and you got a million, a million as opposed to our group. Maybe I should be showing more leg. You should. Michael Levin in Brooklyn, New York. $200. Happy New Year to the best podcast in the universe and to all <coughs> the listeners. Making my way slowly but surely toward the knighthood. Please send some karma to my, my big Mishpusha. Mishpusha? What is that? I Mishpusha? Mishpusha? I don't know. Pusha. Mishpusha. Whatever. It's I know a, it lasts a, a week thing. only. I'm hoping they will use it wisely in a timely manner with a prolonged effect. All right. Here it is. Your week-long karma shot
4: you've got karma
0: and that and does these it. Are executive producers and associate executive producers to show 371 i want to thank them all also remind people to go to noagenda.show.com hit the donate button also noagendanation.com buy a mug or a shirt or a red book <laughs> don't be uh, why are you hawking the the mugs and the shirts because uh, we, uh, we, we said get we get never would of action. that's why yeah yeah all right we do
2: yeah okay yeah, but it's like that diminishes, I don't know, it's just, my, just my feeling. I mean, I like it. I, I like promoting noagenthenation.com. You know, we want people to donate to the show, not buy a mug.
0: Well, I know, but, you know, the other thing is that he's at the moment right now where he's sending out this next batch of night rings. Oh, we
2: got, so we got to keep Eric on our side? I would think so. Okay, all right. Because those things are edible.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let me program your brain for a second.
4: Dvorak.org. Slash NA.
0: Donating is loving. And by the way, if anybody has a night ring coming, write uh, Buzzkill Jr. at noagendanation.com with your ring size. Mm. Indeed. We have uh, uh, two quick uh,
2: PR associate mentions. I want to thank uh, Ryan Art in uh, Amsterdam, Get Nation Lowlands. He is forwarding uh, a domain to us that I guess he's had for a long time. Uh, AmsterdamFashion.nl. I'm not quite sure how that's going to help us. <laughs> it's almost like, "I'm thinking I want to have some. I want to be fashionable like the Dutch. Let me Google that. Let me <laughs> AmsterdamFashion.nl. Oh, this is perfect. <laughs> and you come to NoAgendaShow.com.
0: I always get the biggest kick out of Dutch boutiques. Oh they yeah, like sense, the, the, the yeah. idea of coordinating colors is alien. <laughs> And we had
2: uh, Bill Edlin call into some radio show, one of our uh, producers. And uh, it's quite funny because I think the the guys who are doing the show know about our show, as you'll hear in this little clip. And then, uh, if you don't have any third-eye wisdom, what you can do is just describe what's going on around you. You can do either or. This is your little take right now on your 840 Double Tokyo Third-Eye Wisdom. Bill in North Carolina, man, what's on your
0: mind? If you're
8: tired of the bullshit media... Listen to a Dangerous Conversation with Scott Ledger. Listen to Joe Rogan. Listen to the No Agenda podcast with Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak. If you're tired of listen- listening to the crazy media and the, the BS they're putting through? Then listen to the real people, and they'll let you know who it's, what's, what's going. Uh, excuse me, what's going on? Nicely done, and woo.
2: So they they hit the bell right after he calls in. They Uh, did. Yeah, that that wasn't me. No, I just did. This was me. But he hit the bell first in the show. But uh, Uh. if you're going to call into radio shows, which we highly encourage,
0: yeah, try to be sober.
2: Or yeah, (laughs) or write it down. You can be drunk and write it down. That might work. Uh, But anyway, we highly appreciate the, the effort there, Bill. Uh, definitely got the word out, so that's uh, very good. Of course, everyone else out there, you can go out and do something I very can. important, which is
1: propagate our formula. Our formula is this. We go out,
0: we hit people in the mouth.
1: Order. Shut up, slave.
2: I did some other work, uh,
0: if you want to know. Nah. <laughs> really? Because you know, I've got a couple of things before we get to that that I think I'd like to talk about. All right. Rick Santorum uses linguistic programming in his chatter. Would you like to explain uh, briefly NLP to our audience? Who are inf- uh, you know it better it? than I do. You explain it.
5: Well,
2: linguistic programming is stuff that you do with your words and with your... Um, and with your uh, uh, body language that essentially communicates a message to the recipient in a way that will that you can actually get people to do crazy things. Uh, it's a well-known science. Uh, I'll give an example of it.
4: org
0: slash N-A. Donating is loving. J- jingles are a big of, part. S- big part. Santorum... Uh, d- 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 I caught a bunch. I caught two things where he's doing double speak, and I want you to listen to him and try to tell me exactly what he said because you won't be able to. But, in the, but I, earlier, I, he was on Meet the Press. And earlier, I, found, I, I caught this very weird style of chatter that incorporates – I've never seen this before, and I've tried to do it myself, and I can't do it. You know, where, where people, you run into people that are uh, always making assumptions about the way you think, so they'll, so they'll uh, say something. Why? Because they do they, In other words, they drop the word why into uh, the sentence. Yeah. Well, it's very much like in Silicon Valley,
2: people say, right? Which is basically making you affirm what he just said. Exactly.
0: Right. And so they, so, or, or look. <laughs> That's another one. Why? Look. Exactly. Look, why? <laughs> yeah. So, so they. So they. They'll say. Uh, it, and it always makes the assumption. I always find it offensive when I hear the word "why" asked like that because it, it's it's making an assumption that I'm actually asking a question. Then I'd want to know why. Why <laughs> don't you just tell me? You don't have to ask me why. It works. Now, now Santorum, you have to listen very carefully to this Santorum uh linguistic insertion. He puts "why" in the stream. In such a way that it doesn't even—it's not even a question. It's just the word "why," and I challenge you, without writing something down, to actually do what he—what you're about to hear. You'll hear the word "why" twice. And it's just in the flow, and I found it extremely fascinating. Like the
4: Republican Party,
0: the question is: Are those
4: values ones that you can trust when when they become president of the United States? Is it someone who you know is going to fight not just for certain things, but for the entire Republican platform and plank? Why? Because those things integrate together, and, and you've heard me talk about this many times. You can't have a strong economy and just a strong economic plan unless you have strong families and you have moral values in this country. Why? Because that's the underpinning of our society. But, you talking about trust a last is limited conservative.
0: Yeah, that's what, he's good at that. That's, I've, that's very it's, good. It's actually the phrase is why because, uh, which is not say, asking why. And this no, I like that. Go.
2: I like that better because it doesn't give you time to think. It's like, well, oh yeah, oh yeah, why? Yeah, here's the answer. Okay, yeah, oh, thank thank you for giving me the answer. It's much quicker. I think that's a good
0: way of doing it. It's amazing, and he does it constantly. Why? Because he does. Why? So we should do anyway. that, too. Uh, Donating know Agenda is really a good idea. Why? Because it will give, bring you the
2: truth. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We should do that more often ourselves. Why? Because well, it
0: really helps. <laughs> I'm going to do exactly. it. The whole, now, I'm going I'm to practice this. Why? Because it really works. Yeah. So, he, so I'm noticing him doing this. So I'm breaking that apart. So then I hear the doublespeak stuff, and I've got two examples. And the first one is, you know, it's like it's good. But the second one, I, I challenge you to tell me what he said. But let's play number one.
3: Didn't you, when you were running for re-election, do the same thing you've accused Romney of,
4: which is moderating your stance no, to try to win a Democratic I, today, state? Today, today, I would support laws that would provide for those exceptions, but I'm not for them. In other words, I support the Hyde Amendment. The Hyde Amendment provides exception for rape and incest in the life of the mother. And so, yes, I support laws that provide those exceptions because if we can get those passed, then then we need to do that. But my, well, it's not a
3: violation of your pledge. No, that you took
4: well, you try to. I, I supported the partial birth abortion ban act. Now, does that ban all abortions? No, but it moves the country in the right direction. And so what I've said in the past consistently is I'll support laws that move the ball forward. That doesn't mean that's my position and that's where I'd like to go. But that's exactly the direction we, that we need to go. in.
2: Yeah, I understand what I, I've, I've been reading this. I haven't actually heard it. So thank you. Is
0: that amazing? Yeah, and the reason why— I support it, but I don't—I lo- don't, I don't, I, I don't support it, but I support it because I have to support, but I don't support it. I support don't—it's just yeah. like, what? This is how you
2: protect um, accus- accusations of being a flip-flopper. Why? Because he's a flip-flopper. See how I do So that?
0: now now the second one I, I, I'm asking you to explain to me exactly what he says here because it's like wow this is a gem
4: and in in order to get the the necessary votes to get that done you have to make compromise but we did a direction of limited government maybe less than what we wanted to but we weren't going in the direction of more government and getting less of more that's where Republicans have been in error for so many years and that is compromising on just a little less big government instead of saying no, no more compromises and less big government. We'll compromise on less-less government but not going the other way.
0: Wait a minute. Isn't less-less more? <laughs> <laughs> but not going the other way. I'm telling you, this is a gem of a quote. He's, he'll compromise on less-less but not going the other way. What?
2: <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we do this so you don't have to. But you know, you, you sit around and you know, you're when you're watching television, stuff spinning on the screen and there's all kinds of stuff happening. You don't really parse this, and it's so great to hear it just in audio because then you're not distracted by his hair or or any anything else that's you know flooshes on the sc- on the screen. It's really the way to do it, it's really good. And you nailed that one, you really did less, 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 less. Why? Because it's more. So I'm um,
0: going the other way.
2: No, less is le- less less is more. Why? Because it's more. Now I support things, but then I don't support them. Why? Because supporting them is not the right position to not support. Why? Because it's that way. Vote for me. So uh, anyway. Yeah, there were a couple of uh, bills that were passed uh on the on the day of the caucuses. Not a couple. <sighs> Actually, let me count. Uh it's it.
0: that they're out of session right now.
2: Uh, I'm sorry, uh, signed by the president. Um, signed. Yeah,
0: well, he signs uh, it, it. Was it all during the dead of night?
2: Yes, it was, actually. Uh, I can t- <laughs> let me tell you, uh, you know, bring it up here because, you know, I subscribe to the RSS feed of the press office because it is not like this is on the news anywhere. And uh, so the press office, this was uh, yeah Tuesday, January 3rd. So it was. Uh, they do it uh, on when all everyone is in Iowa. No one's paying attention. Let me count them: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine, nine. The president signed nine bills into law. Three of them uh, caught my eye, and I thought they were rather interesting. Uh. Resolution, House Resolution 515, known as the act that may be cited as the Belarus Democracy and Human Rights Act of 2011. Always interested in something where we're protecting human rights. Um, Two highlights. uh, The United States resolves to continue to support the growth of democratic movements and institutions in Belarus, which empower the people of Belarus to end tyranny in their country. Uh, resolved to continue to refuse to accept the results of the fundamentally flawed December 9, 2010 presidential election held in Belarus and to support calls for a new presidential and parliamentary elections conducted in a manner that is free and fair according to OSCE standards. So, okay, that's interesting. So uh, Belarus is definitely uh, being targeted. And then Section 5 is, here it comes. Radio, television, and internet broadcasting to Belarus. Quote, it is the sense of Congress that the president should support radio, television, and Internet broadcasting to the people of Belarus in languages spoken in Belarus by Free Radio Europe, Radio Liberty, The Voice of America, European Radio for Belarus, and Belsat. So there's your propaganda.
0: So well, te- you know, this is a reaction to what took place exactly in Belarus, where they said, you can't go on the Internet. Exactly. Well, no, actually what they said, you can't go outside, outside of Belarus the outside on the yet. Internet. But you can only go to Belarus websites, <laughs> which is what? Or, yeah. What What great websites does Belarus have that's going to entertain the public? What is their domain name? BS? <laughs> it should be.
2: So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, then we have um, a very short one, uh, House
0: Resolution 1059er. By the way, just to back up on that Belarus thing again, the the fact that we're on top of this to such an extreme that the, the president would be signing stuff means that the that the Belarus original reaction of cutting off internet access to the outside world had to be because we were pumping stuff in there by the crap load, obviously. You know, pumping in propaganda with some, you know, something in mind, and they got wind of it, and then that's why they did this, oh, we can't have any, no more, get off, get off, get off the internet. Get off the internet, Because the reaction, the the, the return reaction uh, was so quick. It's less, less. It's less, less. It came up (laughs) just right away. I mean, it must have, so it had to be on the top of somebody's list. I mean, normally you'd just beat around the bush about something like this, or all oh, those crazy Belarus people. Who cares? But no, apparently we do care because we're doing something. We yeah. are we're sneaking it, doing a sneak attack.
2: I would say Belarus is important uh, geopolitically speaking.
0: Well, I'm going to look it up once gonna... you
2: once you take a look at that, and uh, then I will read a uh, very uh, very small uh, bill, but not unimportant uh, House Resolution 1059. Uh, extension of redaction authority concerning sensitive security information. Uh, there's some just some replacements here in, uh, in subparagraph C by inserting and the Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs and the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform after Senate in subparagraph E. In other words, um, redaction powers now expanded to documentation from the uh, Department of Homeland Security the government, Governmental Affairs, and the House Committee on Oversight and Government Reform. So, essentially, shut up, slave. We're not going to show you anything. Send us your FOIA. We're going to send you a magic marker. i just found to be quite insulting. But what was really crazy, John, did you find Belarus, by the way, what the deal is with Belarus?
0: Yeah, it appears to be oil shale. Oh, no. (laughs) Did you do Belarus oil? Was that your Google? Yeah, of course. That's my old trick.
2: (laughs) Is it Belarus Google or Belarus scam? One of the two will show you something good.
0: So uh, then they apparently have a I don't think it's just us that has an issue here. The Russians were in bed with via the deal between uh, Exxon and uh, Putin. Directly, mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be there's been a dispute going on between Russia and the Belarusians. And I think they're probably doing their part, too, to, to get to steal, steal the of oil. Of
2: course. They, it's who's, who gets Belarusian oil. That's the whole
0: deal, right? They failed to renew an agreement on crude oil export tariffs. Bastards. It was a tariff deal. Oh, right. And uh, I mean, why else would we care? Why
2: else would we be pointing our satellite transmissions and Internet broadcasts to Belarus? Why else do we care? For oil, there's no other reason.
0: Yeah, we're talking billions of of barrels. Oh, yeah, it's a big deal, yeah. Now, the one that blew me away
2: that this got no coverage, I would have thought this at least would have gotten some coverage, uh, House Resolution.
0: uh, I wanted to interrupt you for a second. I want people, when they're driving around, to you know, we're in a petroleum economy, but I don't know how much we realize unless we come to grips with it. Just drive around and look at everything you see. If it wasn't for... Oil. transportation via the internal combustion engine or pl- everything you see around you would not exist and plastic yeah well plastic but but to move to move wood and to <laughs> chop down wood you need a motor you chop it down wood. and you put it in a truck and then you move it to the place and you need a power tool i mean every single thing and all this pipe dream about you know renewable energy is a joke so we need oil you know yeah making yourself popular Lots of it. Lots of it.
2: Give us more oil. Yeah, people just now. Anyway, that's a whole different other set of programming that I don't think we can combat ourselves. No. Except through carbon, because, you know, we're going to die if we use more oil.
0: I don't know about that.
2: So Come the on. so yeah well, so the bill that blew me away that it got no mainstream coverage is House Resolution eighteen ninety two better known as As
0: opposed to the other ones that got no mainstream coverage <laughs> yeah
2: this is what this is what I do for kicks I could be have you seen Mickey she's hot right yeah you could have other things I, to do I could for be kicks. doing other things with my life uh, this act may be cited as the Intelligence Author- Authorization Act for Fiscal Year two thousand twelve. Ooh. Yeah. I'm like, well, this is interesting. This is uh who is this for? Well, it turns out funds are hereby authorized to be appropriated for the following uh United States government departments. Office of the Director of National Intelligence, the Central Intelligence Agency, the Department of Defense, the Defense Intelligence Agency, National Security Agency, Department of the Army, the Department of the Navy, and the Department of the Air Force, the Coast Guard, Department of State, Department of the Treasury, Department of Energy, Department of Justice, Federal Bureau of Investigations, the Drug Enforcement Administration, the National Reconnaissance Office, the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, and the Department of Homeland Security. This is uh, not uh, a small deal, I would say. So a couple things I've highlighted. Of course, we always have these in the show notes. You can find it in, uh, under clips and stuff in the show notes at 371.nashownotes.com. The first thing right off the bat, it says the president cannot disclose anything. The president shall not publicly disclose the classified schedule of authorizations or any portions of such schedule, which, of course, means is a portion we don't have. It's the classified portion, which we're not allowed to see. So that's just a why. Because it's classified. Shut up, slave. Uh, there's an authorized... Okay, so here's the money portion. Just the Director of National Intelligence... So you heard all those departments that I mentioned, right? Just the Director of National Intelligence by himself gets $576 uh, million. Why? To, to, to what spend. What does he do? It's one guy. Well, the elements within the Intelligence Community Management for the Director of National Intelligence is authorized 777 full-time or full-time equivalent personnel. To do what? To spy. Spy on you.
0: But they're not spies. They're supposed to be coordinating the other spy agencies. Well, there's a
2: lot of spies to coordinate, apparently. The Central Intelligence Retirement Agency Retirement and Disability Fund. Oh. <laughs> Half a billion dollars. <laughs> no, that's, kind
0: of, that's surprisingly yeah, no low. Sense. I guess what they, you maybe you just bumped these well, they guys don't. Well, these like
2: guys don't retire. You know, it's just like... Re- uh, that's true. They don't <laughs> retire. <laughs> oh,
0: sorry. They, no. Either that or they stay on the door. No
2: pension for you. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Now, here's something that I found very interesting, which uh, I'm glad it's in here. Section 302. The authorization of appropriations by this act shall not be deemed to constitute authority for the conduct of any intelligence activity, which is not otherwise authorized by the Constitution or the laws of the United States. I would say these guys are doing nothing but doing stuff that is not allowed by the Constitution or the laws of the United read States. Read that
0: again because re- did you read it per- per- verbatim? Of course. Read I th- it again. I
2: think the trick is the laws of the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. The authorization of appropriations by this act shall not be deemed to constitute authority for the conduct of any intelligence activity which is not otherwise authorized by the Constitution or the laws of the United States. So I think the interpretation is, what are the laws of the United States? Is that the Constitution, or is that
7: just... I don't
0: even think that's what it says. I I think it says that we're giving you uh, money to do with... As you see fit. As you see fit, but it doesn't mean it's okay. So in other words, I'm giving... Say you're an assassin. I give you... uh, I I want you to assassinate X, Y, Z. Here's here's $10,000 for your Here's $10,000 for your expenses. Uh, You know what to do. Uh I mean, I'm not authorizing you to kill anybody. Oh, you're just authorized to give me the money. Yeah, kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll take that. I think there's a little doublespeak in there. Do you think? (laughs) Uh, I think Rick Santorum is writing this stuff.
2: There's a new position. Chief Information Officer of the Intelligence Community that has been created. That's a new... CIO? CIO? Yes, the CIO of the C- Hey, I'm the CIO of the CIA. How you doing? <laughs> and eyes. Now, here's the one that blew me away. <clears throat> Section 414. Creating an official record of the Osama bin Laden operation. Now, we know that he who wins gets to write history. This is it. Here well, is, so
0: they're going to hire somebody
2: to phony up a story. They actually wrote it. It's right here. This is oh, the, it's there. Yeah, this is the official story. And uh, so this is now on record as the official story of the Osama bin Laden operation. I think we should read through it. I I'm listening. On May 1st, 2011, United States personnel killed terrorist leader Osama bin Laden during the course of a targeted strike against his secret compound in Abbottabad, Pakistan. (laughs) It reads so well, his secret compound. Yeah, it does.
0: This is pretty good.
2: (gasps) Osama bin Laden was the leader of the Al-Qaeda terrorist organization, the most significant terrorist threat to the United States and the international community. Now, here's, here's when I think they messed it up, and this will come back to bite him in the butt, because this is the official record. Osama bin Laden was the architect of terrorist attacks which killed nearly 3,000 civilians on September 11, 2001, the most deadly terrorist attack against our nation, in which al-Qaeda terrorists hijacked four airplanes and crashed them into the World Trade Center in New York City, the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and due to heroic efforts by civilian passengers to disrupt the terrorists near Shanksville, Pennsylvania. So no longer... Can they call any other guy the architect of 9-11? Because this is it. This is, he was the architect. So you can't say, who was that other guy, that old Sheikh Mohammed Shukalaka? that yeah,
0: guy, whatever.
2: So they can't call him the architect, because that's factually incorrect. Then they have a whole thing about, uh, oh, this is even crazier. Osama bin Laden planned or supported
0: numerous, <laughs> uh,
2: cr- uh, what is it, uh, created? What was the jobs thing?
0: Oh, yeah. uh, Saved or created. Saved or created.
2: (laughs) Planned or supported numerous other deadly terrorist attacks against the United States and its allies, including the 1998 bombings of the United States embassies in Kenya and Tanzania, the 2000 attack on the USS Cole in Yemen, and against innocent civilians in countries around the world, including the 2004 attack on commuter trains in Madrid, Spain, and 2000 bombings of the mass transit system in London, England. That's bullcrap. We know that the, that Madrid, Spain was not an Osama bin Laden operation. I think that's been admitted.
0: Yeah, well, I think it was not was not. No, well, no longer,
2: it's now the official record. And now, of course, you've got to give some props to George W following the september 11 2001 terrorist attacks the united states under president george w bush led an international coalition into afghanistan to dismantle al-qaeda deny them a safe haven in afghanistan and ungoverned areas along the pakistani border and bring osama bin laden to justice okay so we should get out now that the guy's dead i guess
0: that's what yeah, we were thinking yeah
2: well i guess not president barack obama in 2009 committed additional forces and resources to efforts in Afghanistan and Pakistan as the, quote, central front in our enduring struggle against terrorism and extremism. Uh The valiant members of the United States Armed Forces have courageously and vigorously pursued Al-Qaeda and its affiliates in Afghanistan and around the world. This is all official record. The anonymous, unsung heroes of the intelligence community have pursued Al-Qaeda and its affiliates in Afghanistan, Pakistan, and around the world with tremendous dedication, sacrifice, and professionalism.
0: What is this, a jerk-off session? (laughs) This one sounds like unsung heroes.
2: (laughs) The closed collaboration between the armed forces and the intelligence community prompted the Director of National Intelligence, General James Clapper, to state, quote, Never have I seen a more remarkable example of focused integration, seamless collaboration, and sheer professionalism, magnificence as was demonstrated by the intelligence community in the ultimate demise of Osama bin Laden. He says, really, it's like, like, I mean, do hear Magnificence Mag- is a word? Magnificence, professional wow. magnificence. That's a good one, right? Profe- sheer, no, wait, wait. Sheer professional magnificence. Wow. That goes above and beyond, I'd say. I'd say sheer, I would, I would love to have that on my tombstone. He was a shining example of sheer professional magnificence. <laughs> You got it. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, buddy. While the death of Osama bin Laden represents a significant blow to the Al Qaeda organization and its affiliates and to terrorist organizations around the world, terrorism remains a critical threat to the United States national security. Thank you for codifying that. President Obama said for over two decades, Bin Laden has been Al Qaeda's leader and symbol and has continued to plot attacks against for over two decades. Wait a minute. What wasn't he like hanging out with everybody in the past 20 years with the
0: no, Bushes? No, he was back he, go, he he goes back to uh, 93 with the first attack on the World Trade Center.
2: Was it, did they say it was him then? Yeah.
0: Well, mm-hmm. no, they they, no, they said say now, it now they said yeah. it was him. Mm-hmm. And then of course it was also that the Yemen guy that we killed. All right. Something he had something to do with it too. Everybody does. And I think uh were there some uh, embassy bombings I think predated that. So I think it is two decades.
2: So I'll skip ahead to the end part here. For years to come, for years to come, John, this is like, I love this history. Americans will look back at this event. I, I got to do it better than this. For years to come, Americans will look back at this event as, de- as a defining point in the history of the United States. It is vitally important that the United States memorialize all the events that led to the raid so that future generations will have an official record of the events that transpired before, during, and as a result of the operation. And pres- pre- <laughs> preserving this history now will allow the United States to have an accurate account of the events, while those that participated in the events are still serving in the government.
0: <coughs> Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, I like the way you read it. You almost got to a good voice. Um... I think they're going to put up a memorial of some sort mm-hmm. that people can visit. And if somebody actually maybe took a look at it, probably is it just a, they just need a new place for a dead drop. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there is a
2: report not later than 90 days after the completion uh, of the report being prepared by the Center for the Study of Intelligence that documents the history of and the lessons learned from the raid that resulted in the death of Osama bin Laden... The director of the Central Intelligence Agency shall submit such report to Congressional Intelligence Committees, which, as we know, of course, can redact everything because that was in the other act. So we'll never know what the official record is when the report comes out. But thanks anyway, guys. Highly appreciate it. Hmm. I just found it uh, very interesting that they would codify the official history. Uh, And by the way, will the report have any pictures? I think not. And then uh, finally, not later than 90 days after the date of the enactment of this act, the Secretary of Homeland Security shall submit to the Congressional Intelligence Committees, the Committee on Homeland Security of the House of Representatives, and the Committee on Homeland Security and governmental blah, 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 blah to everybody on whether restrictions on the use of airspace are hampering the use of unmanned aerial vehicles by the Department of Homeland Security along the international border between the United States and Mexico. And it is the sense of Congress that the nation's railway transportation, including subway transit network, is broad and technically complex, requiring robust communication between private sector stakeholders and the intelligence community to identify, monitor, and respond to threats. The Department of Homeland Security Office of Intelligence Analysis maintains a constructive relationship uh, with the federal agencies and private entities to safeguard our railways and railway transportation security, including subway transit security, should continue to be prioritized in the critical infrastructure threat assessment developed by the Office of Intelligence, i.e. Uh, TSA at the subway.
0: Well, there was already a report that the uh, Department of Homeland Security is going to begin uh... Putting their officers at subway stations. Well, here bus, it is. St- he, bus. Yeah, he, not, he, well, they don't say bus specifically. Bus, there'll be buses. There'll be buses. And it, which yeah. brings us back to Obama's assertion oh, about wow. not having to take your shoes off at the uh, railroad station.
2: I have that. Uh, here we go. Let's just listen to that. Imagine
3: boarding a train in the center of a city. No racing to an airport and across a terminal, no delays, no sitting on the tarmac, no lost luggage. No taking off your
4: shoes. Ooh, no taking off your shoes. <laughs> right. Bullcrap. crap.
0: Bull crap. <clears throat> Bullshit.
2: There you go. We read the bill so you don't have to. Uh, believe me, no one else is.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> no one else is. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody
2: cares. But there's your official record of the bin. Laden I mean, if anybody
0: death. really cared, they would be every the whole country would be up in arms about that defense act that Obama signed on Saturday, the last you know, just before New Year's, when nobody was looking. There was another bill. I hate to do this to you. Um, let me just, its bill day here on no agenda, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Well, you
2: know, it's it, it is a hook that we have. Um, this is a this has not been signed by the president, but it is a bill proposed by Senator. I'm sorry, uh, Congressman Representative Charles Dent. This is House Resolution three one six six and one six nine eight, uh, the Enemy Expatriation Act. Here's the relevant line: <laughs> to add it, to add that engaging in or supporting hostilities against the United States and the United States will result in United States nationals losing their nationality. Remember they? Yeah, remember they made such a big deal about. Well, this doesn't count for United States citizens. Well, so now they just put another bill out.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Now, okay, let me write that. That, This is the this is the the find of the day. (laughs) You want to write it down? I'll give you you this one. This is the show's over. We can stop now. Okay.
2: Well, good night, everybody. It was uh, good. It was great. Good (laughs) talking to you again. (laughs) And, And remember, you're screwed. HR three one six. That's our new
0: tagline. <laughs> You're screwed. You're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I right, welcome to No Agenda Show. You're screwed. It's the Enemy Expatriation Act.
2: It's fantastic. I mean, how smart is this? Thank you, darling. Could you just say uh, donating is loving for me? No, real? quick? We'll do it next time. No. Yeah. <laughs> no get lost. You're <laughs> like no. I'm do my sexy voice. Oh, she. All right. She wants to get her sexy voice on. All right. I got to work on that. Yeah, hey baby, go put your ear go put your earbuds in. Uh. Um, Yeah, it's uh, so. They let me just add it. Let me reread this. So the National Defense Authorization Act is the one that where they they pointed out continuously. No, no, no. This uh, arresting anyone by the military, throwing a bag over your head and throwing you into a van. It doesn't count if you're an American citizen, unless. The enemy expatriation act goes into effect, which it has not yet, but we need to start screaming about it.
0: Oh yeah, it'll be it's just a done deal. Engaging in
2: our engaging in or supporting hostilities against the United States will result in a United States national losing their nationality. <laughs> <laughs> At which point we could throw a bag over your head and then throw you into the van. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a one-two punch, exactly. A technicality. Yeah, it's just a little technicality. Well, this reminds me of this. It just kind of brings to mind this this story coming out of Texas, your neck of the woods. Some poor girl, you know, re, you know, left at home, running away, and then she, before she was decided to go back home, she was fifteen. The ice people picked her up and <laughs> threw her out. <laughs> And threw out of the country, they threw her into Colombia because she gave a fake name which matched some old woman. This is a 15-year-old. Matched some old, you know, I guess some criminal that had that left Colombia. Yeah, she was just using a the fake ID. And she couldn't get, uh, she couldn't communicate anything else because she couldn't speak Spanish, the girl. <laughs> and so they said, okay, you're out of here. And they threw, and they deported her. She's just an American citizen. <laughs> Some kid at the bus terminal. I mean, unbelievable! Uh, unbelievable, really? She's still in Colombia. The Colombians say, "I don't know. We'll keep her." She's a good. She's good at housekeeping. She's been working as a maid, I guess. <laughs> oh, <good>. Windex? <laughs> you're really
2: horrible. <laughs> you're screwed. Uh yes, you're screwed. Courtesy of the No Agenda Show. Actually, we should hit this for a second. And now back to real news. We haven't done a real news in a while. I got uh, two pieces of real news. One is, uh, I just want to play this because as my two favorite people in the world, Kim Kardashian and A.J. Hammer. If, if you're going to come up with a name, a show business name, that's the name. A.J. Hammer? Hey, everybody, A.J. Hammer with you. The Hammer coming down. A.J. Hammer. Yeah, listen to this. So California is broke,
0: as you know, and they want to raise taxes. Uh, right, even though there's no jobs, highest unemployment in the country. Yeah, but who do we that's raise tax people more? Well, the tax the rich. That's the way I say.
2: Right, exactly. Tax the rich. Who's rich?
0: Apparently, everybody but the real rich. Yeah, how about Kim Kardashian? Yeah, we we'll tax her. Oh, she's them. rich. And
5: Last but not least, Kim Kardashian's name being put out there by a campaign to raise taxes. What's going on with that story?
0: Well,
4: Kira, if you do want to make headlines these days, all you have to do is mention the Kardashians and we'll talk about it. That's what really happened here. The people behind an initiative to raise California's income tax for millionaires realized, hey, you know what? We might get some attention if we use Kim Kardashian's name. And guess what? It worked. I actually spoke with one of the guys behind the initiative last night on Showbiz Tonight. His basic point is that Kim Kardashian only pays, listen to this, one percentage point more than someone who earns around $47,000 a year. This is reportedly. And considering the budget issues in California, he thinks, you know, somebody like Kardashian, who reportedly earned 12 million bucks last year, can afford to pay a little more. But again, I think the big story here is you bring Kim Kardashian's name into the mix and you get attention for whatever it is that you're trying to peddle.
2: There you go. That's how it works. Bring. We need to be associating with. How about we uh, associate ourselves with Kim Kardashian? We can we can get press. How about I have a... a yeah, sex-
0: I, and no one's ever attempted that.
2: Well, everyone does it. We should jump on the bandwagon. That's my point. Yeah. Can well, we say- maybe
0: you Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I'll tell you. this experiment.
2: You? I have... Okay, I'm going to say... Lois. Lois, listen up. I have a sex tape of John C. Dvorak and Kim Kardashian. Our first lady, Michelle Obama, is uh, going to make uh, a guest appearance on the popular Nickelodeon show, iCarly. And uh, these uh, douchebags have released a clip of her. And uh, this is, uh, talk about your neuro-linguistic programming. How about just tell the kids how to address the, how would you address the first lady if you saw the first lady in person?
0: Uh, I would say, um, uh, hello, Mrs. President.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, but she prefers a different title, actually.
1: Wait. Is she lady? Bye. -bye.
5: So what are you doing here? (laughs) Your excellency. You don't call her your excellency? No, no, I kind of like it. (laughs) (laughs) What an elite.
0: (laughs) 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 Your excellency. (laughs) Uh, I kind of like it. (laughs) It's cute. It's supposed to be funny. But it's not. It's not. <laughs> You're screwed. <laughs> You're screwed. Courtesy of the No Agenda Show. All right. Well, what else? What else you got? I got lots of stuff. I'm waiting for you to
2: come in and and, and blow me away, boy.
0: Uh, I'm not going to blow you away, but I do have some stuff on some some things of China cropped up, and I thought this was kind of interesting. China. I'm listening to uh, the NewsHour, and uh, they're talking about Khomeini Hema- the, and the Iranians and the bullcrap about the Strait of Hormuz. And and then it just piqued my interest because a, a, a strange little mention comes in at the end of this. Play their thoughts on, uh, on the Khomeini.
8: We'll calculate that... Uh whether he will seek deliverance in a nuclear compromise in order to uh, bring about some some relief to himself or whether he will seek deliverance with a nuclear weapon itself uh, thinking that that will bring him a shield from outside pressure I think recent history doesn't bode very well because the example the lesson which Khamenei learned from the example in Libya Gaddafi's example in Libya was that when Gaddafi abdicated his nuclear program, that made him vulnerable to outside intervention. Okay, that's
0: oh, well, the clip I was looking for. That's the one. My, that's the one you a, said. It's a clip that I do want to comment on, which is I was think, I was listening to this guy who was, was a funny a commentator. And he kept having jokes within his commentary. Oh. He mentioned that he said he says this. Well, you know, they once Gaddafi dropped the his development of because uh, a lot of people would just believe that Iran. They began development on on a nuke during the Iran-Iraq war. And then once uh, that war ended, they continued for a while. And then once we invaded Iraq, invaded Iraq and took everybody out, then they stopped and they haven't done anything since because there's no real reason to. And we got the oil. And we got the oil. And uh, it's too late for that. And then uh, because they stopped development, we are in the process. My thought was this, by the way. I don't, I don't know this for a fact. Mm-hmm. But my thought was... Are we goading them into Uh developing a a nuke by, let's say, okay, here's what happened to the last guy who didn't continue (laughs) on the program. You know, we took him out. And then, you know, it looks like, you know, we're a big threat in the region. And it's like, so the question comes to mind, are we, uh, because... are we goading Iran to develop a nuke? Do we did we bring that big? Uh, we have a battle, not a battleship, but a big aircraft carrier in yeah. the Straits of Hormuz, and we keep talking about how they want to close the Straits of Hormuz, even though it would kill them. They'd kill themselves essentially. They can't afford to, because that's their that's their, their, their business. Pipeline. That's their
2: business. Well, I have a different and, take. And on so this.
0: I, I'm thinking that we have the carrier there. To kind of, you know, shake them up and they're thinking, you, you guys are going to plant something, you're going to sh- screw things up and blame us. I mean, it just seems that all we're doing is goading and goading and goading these guys to make some sort of a, you know, a mistake. I don't know what they're going to do about it.
2: I think it's a different meeting that took place. Of course, you know, the, the biggest oil companies in the world are in Iran as well. They're all there. I mean, the guys that sit in Zouk, Switzerland. You know, it's it's Glenn Core, the guy who actually went to jail that President Clinton pardoned, Mark Rich for for trading with Iran uh, oil specifically. I think that they all sat down, and had one of their me- Skype a Skype meeting, and uh, hey, namadina jabadab. Listen, man, we got to get the price of oil up more. This is it's not good. We, I'll tell you what, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, wanna, we'll uh, wheel the Eisenhower into the Straits of Hormuz. And uh, you like, uh, you know, like do some stuff and whatever. And uh, you should come to New York and uh, talk at the U.N. again. And uh, we'll get that. Uh, we'll make everyone afraid. We'll call our boys over there at CNN and Fox. And uh, we'll have them uh, talk about how this uh, this worry about the Strait of Hormuz is making uh, the, the oil go up. Which is now happening. You see continuously on television, unrest in the Strait of Hormuz is resulting in the dollar price per barrel of oil rising rapidly.
0: Yeah, it's, got, it's a selling opportunity coming your way. Here's the clip. Discussion on the Iran Straits of Hormuz and then, the, then the, the, something stands out in this little commentary.
8: As they announced it, then the commander of the army said that they don't think they will do that. And anyway, I mean, they can't risk closing the hormones the Strait of Hormuz, because they, their oil exports go through the uh, strait and they need the revenue. So they'd be cutting off their nose to spite their face, Karim, Sajid? That's right. They likened it to drinking a glass of water. We could close the Strait of Hormuz as easy as we could drink a glass of water. In reality, it would be like... Like drinking a glass of gasoline, <laughs> and I think the the logic of closing the Strait of Hormuz for Iran is like the logic of conducting a suicide bombing. They would hurt others, but they would hurt themselves the most, and they would also be hurting their chief commercial and strategic patron, which is China. Uh, so, China I agree with Exactly, so it, it's, it's, uh, it's mostly bluster.
2: I'm telling you, John, this is China. Bull. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm telling you, this is bull crap. This whole thing. They're all in cahoots. We're
0: made to believe that, that, that they hate us and we hate them and all these douchebag I'm uh, gonna candidates. I'm not going to argue the point, but when China's involved, we're always doing what we can to get them out. Well, yeah, they're Chiners. Damn them. We don't want the Chinas. I don't think the the Iranians are being as cooperative as you might like to imagine with these Chinese being involved unless they cut them off and they're not going to do that. So I'm listening to C-SPAN and and now there's a big, finally, they're having these um, meetings, a subcommittee, this guy, uh, Kuhn, uh, one of the representatives, is the chairman of this subcommittee on Africa. Mm -hmm. And they bring up some very interesting, because we've talked about this, what, five years ago? <sighs> uh, on the show what the chinese are up to and i i just thought this was he brought he brought they together, own africa
2: they've got millions the, of chinese there working away building infrastructure
0: i thought this little summary that he gave right, right here on the subcommittee on on china it says China. um I thought it was a pretty good wrap-up of what we're doing and what the Chinese are doing and why we're going to get screwed in this deal if we don't change our our strategies.
5: On African officials and governments is significantly weakened when those regimes can simply turn to China for support with essentially no values strings attached. If there is one message I wish to convey in this hearing, it's that the long-term American objective of promoting open societies in Africa, countries that embrace transparency and democracy, respect the environment and protect human rights, is being challenged in some ways by China's approach to Africa. By offering an alternative source of investment and development, China offers African regimes economic opportunity at times at the expense of government reform and in a manner that may not directly benefit the average African. This highlights a second key distinction – In my view, the U.S. government has been investing in the people of Africa, while the Chinese government has been investing in the infrastructure of Africa. It's tough to say precisely, given a real lack of transparency, but experts estimate roughly 70% of Chinese assistance to Africa comes in the form of financing for roads, stadiums, and government buildings, often built with Chinese materials and often by Chinese laborers. China is rarely transferring significant technology to Africa, nor employing many Africans. In contrast, more than 70% as this chart shows, of U.S. government spending is directed toward investment in the African people, primarily through health programs to combat HIV, AIDS, malaria, tuberculosis, and other diseases.
0: So I'm thinking, isn't this kind of interesting that our foreign policy when it comes to Africa is not really following our own advice to ourselves which is let's build let's start investment let's you know push free enterprise let's start businesses let's you know do top-down stuff instead it's a pure socialist let's give them money to keep them alive as best we can with vaccines and malaria and all kinds of pharmaceuticals but do nothing for the people as a whole but
2: that's obvious the strategy is clear keep them alive so the chiners can keep them at work and then once the work is done then we go
0: in thanks Was china it- well the joke of that analysis is as he said in here is that the, the africans aren't being put to work it's the chinese who are building this stuff and they bring all these chinese uh-huh. and they're turning africa into a colony
2: hmm well then maybe uh, give them vaccines with a time bomb mechanism in it so they'll all die I mean, I don't have no belief whatsoever that that we're doing anything with an actual true heart to these people. I can't
0: find the whole thing to be distressing.
2: (laughs) Hey, Africa, you're screwed.
0: You're screwed. Guess what?
2: Well, we do have that thing going on in Uganda. But well, let's think about this for a second. So Bill Clinton, of course, uh, along with Bill Gates, they're trying to keep the Africans alive. Let Let me just work through this for a second. So we know the Chiners are building everything. Hmm.
0: Well, maybe they're taking, taking credit for it. So everything, the roads are Chinese. The stadiums know. are Chinese. You know, there's maybe, you know, they, maybe
2: we're just keeping them alive so we can arm them when it's time to kick the Chiners out.
0: I don't know. All I know is we're keeping them alive and the Chinese are building stuff. So there's yeah. something wrong with this picture. Mm. And the Chinese are screwing them with them. They, they don't care about, you know, if there's a, an onerous ogre regime, you know, that, that has no respect for human rights. The Chinese don't care. They're just building stuff. Roads, mostly roads to get into the, you know, so they can get their mineral resources out.
2: Yep, that's all they do. There was a, a great report moving to my favorite pet peeve, Haiti. Um, and I tweeted this link and a lot of people really enjoyed it. It's a report written by Bill quigley and amber Ramanauskas of it's on CommonDreams.org, which i'm not too familiar with but the title of it is seven places where earthquake money did and did not go and they really break it down so beautifully and um i'm not going to read all seven obviously but I'll just read the headlines, basically. And they have it all broken down. They've got all the backup material. Uh, So here's the first one. The largest single recipient of U.S. earthquake money was the U.S. government. (laughs) So you see, we paid ourselves back. Remember we sent 5,000 troops in? Well, we paid ourselves $379 million of uh, your donations, your $10 you texted, you fool. Oh,
0: really? So people were, <laughs> you're telling me that they watched that Aid for Haiti, yeah. and, and <laughs> Ree- Reese Witherspoon comes mm-hmm. on and says, oh, hi, hi. George uh, Clooney.
2: You, George Clooney was doing George it.
0: Clooney's there. He's making a big deal. And this basically went back to, the, our, to our own government, $379 million worth. So Is one, that
2: what you're telling me? Well, oh, it gets a little worse. Hmm. $1.6 billion allocated for relief was spent in the following manner. This is according to the August 2010 report for the U.S. Congressional Research Office. $655 million was reimbursed to the Department of Defense. I
0: thought they already got
2: 379 million. No, oh, this is in total. That was just for the 5,000 troops. They had people back at home answering phones and sending emails. $220 million went to the Department of Health and Human Services to provide grants to individual U.S. states to cover services for Haitian evacuees—that's <laughs> disgusting. Three hundred fifty million went to USAID disaster assistance.
0: USAID,
2: our buddies. Mm-hmm. One hundred fifty million to the U.S. Department of Agriculture for emergency food assistance. I don't know, man. I didn't see people eating no hamburgers. I saw people eating mud cakes. And fifteen million to the Department of Homeland Security for immigration fees. <laughs> now the same happened in the international assistance the u.n special envoy for haiti that would be bill clinton reported that of the 2.4 billion in humanitarian funding 34 percent was provided back to the donors own civil and military entities for disaster response so that's that's like uh 700 million more went back to these countries 28% was given to UN agencies and NGOs for specific UN projects. 26% was given to private contractors and other NGOs. 6% was provided to as in kind services. Uh huh. And 5% to the international and national Red Cross societies. 1% went to the government of Haiti. Four tenths of 1% went to the Haitian NGOs. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's. Crazy. This is a good one. Oh, this article is fantastic. There was a specific thing in here about uh, Clinton. Yeah, I'm
0: looking it up, you can people can look it up by typing in Bill Quigley, Common Dreams, and you'll find it. It's also it in the up. show notes, of course, at
2: three uh, seven one dot na show dot com. A thing that was kind of cool was about the uh, the money that uh, Clinton and Bush raised. Uh, Presidents George W. Bush and Bill Clinton announced a fundraising venture for Haiti on January 16th. As of October 11th, the fund had received $54 million in donations. Just send us your cash. Wait, hold on a second.
1: We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash.
2: It has partnered with several Haitian and international organizations. Though most of its work appears to be admirable, it has only donated $2 million to the construction of, ha- uh, of Haiti and $29 million to a for-profit luxury hotel, which is what we predicted. We predicted Clinton would build a great hotel for himself. And there it is. Almost half of the money went to build a hotel.
0: Well, actually, you read that wrong. Oh, I did? Uh, it donated $2 million so far to the construction of the twenty It doesn't say so far. Well, it says it has donated $2 oh, million to the I construction of a Haitian yeah. 20... Tward- I mean, uh, I'm sorry, you're right. It indicates so far. I'm sorry, you're right. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't you know, mean doesn't they're not going to get more, and it's <laughs> probably you don't give them all the money at once, so it's just a construction project. And I'm sure that there's probably still holding out for the name of the place. It's got to be the Bill, the, the Clinton. Bill Clinton Marriott. Uh, it but, wouldn't be the Bill Clinton so, Marriott. It would have to be the... Something, the Bill Bill Clinton Luxury Suites by Marriott, maybe.
2: (laughs) Bill and Hillary Luxury Suites by Marriott. But here's the the smoking gun. Less than a month after the quake hit, the U.S. Ambassador... Yes, this is a gem. Kenneth Merton sent a cable titled, quote, The Gold Rush is On! As part of his situation report to Washington. This was uh, released by uh, Haiti Liberté and WikiLeaks. Literally the guy sent an email a cable saying the gold rush is on. Get on in everybody. Is well, no rocking wonder rolling. they don't
0: like these WikiLeaks. Yeah, of course. But what an idiot to well, say Well, he didn't expect to get busted. <laughs> whoa This is a scandal. It's a huge scandal. This article is, is you know, this is not a slouch of a writer, by the way. It's a professor of law at Loyola. He's a, yeah, he's a real guy, right? So, yeah, it's not some, you know, some hack. He might be a hack, but he's still not a hack writer. Uh, this, is a, this is a scandal, as far as I'm concerned. The no, gold I, I, rush I is on. The
2: gold rush is on. I never heard about this one.
0: And I didn't know they were giving, so all the people, all the, I don't want to call them idiots, but you called it the day it happened. Don't send your money to these, these organizations. Don't text $10 because it's not going to Haiti. And it's not only that, but it's going to the U.S. military. This is a new trick for collecting money. I mean, yes. I thought, you know, doing poppy fields was one way of getting uh, balancing the books, but this is even better.
1: Shyster show up and take advantage of people's goodwill and That's... generosity.
2: <laughs> you are what you say, biatch. You horrible, horrible people. It's it's so disgusting.
0: Anyway. It's really just really bad. <laughs> and this is why isn't this not front page news everywhere? Are you really, after five and a half years, you're asking me this question? I'm asking it as a rhetorical question for the audience. You need to say why?
2: I'm not asking well, you what? anything. You don't ask me anything. You're
0: screwed. <laughs> you're
2: screwed, dude.
0: All right. Uh, I want to get in. I was that epithet. I, I didn't write it down. I made a mistake in not writing down your tombstone thing. But
2: oh, um, sheer, um, magnificence, sheer, sure. sheer professional magnificence, sheer professional magnificence. Right? Thank you. That's very important. But I, but you know, I'm not going to be uh, buried. Mickey and Christina have express instructions to burn me and smoke me. Yeah, brother. You yeah. and Keith Richards. <laughs> No, he did the tattoo thing.
0: No, uh, he smoked his dad. No, I think
2: he snorted him. I think he snorted oh, him. I think he snorted him. he
0: may have snorted
2: him. I'm, I'm not into the cocaine stuff. Uh, weed is okay, but not the cocaines. That's not good. No shooting me up either. Um, just, uh, attentive uh, No Agenda producer brought the following uh, National Treasure NPR report to my attention. And uh, we have uh, long time asserted that the public, so-called public media, which by all reports only receives 1% of their funding, is from the United States government. And they'll soon be zero. Who cares? 1% is a rounding error. Yeah, who cares? The rest is supposed to become from uh, underwriters.
0: Yeah, big corporations or advertisers or whatever you want to call them. Uh, This would be the relevant clip.
4: Okay, moving on to money. How are NPR's corporate underwriting revenues holding up in
5: the recession, and what about foundation grants? Um, two different stories. Um, underwriting um, is uh, corp- uh, underwriting is is down. It's down for everybody. I mean, this is this is the, this is the area that is most down for us. Is is in is in sponsorship, underwriting, advertising. Call it whatever you want. Yeah,
2: call it whatever you want. So we'll just call it advertising for uh, for all intents and purposes. Now. When you want to get in a big advertiser, when there's when, do you know who the biggest advertisers are these days? Uh, Pharmaceutical companies, well, and and related companies. Turns out that we also have uh, big hospitals are now the big big uh, sponsors because it's a money making enterprise. You know, uh, just look at your bills. Sickness is is money in the bank. Sickness is money in the bank. So when you uh, are taking advertising. From these uh and of course it sounds good to say you know this uh this program is underwritten by, and then we'll say, what shall we say shall we say the voice these? of terror <laughs> the voice of treason." So I thought first I thought I was going to disregard this because I thought it would be uh, this was part of on the media, which is essentially NPR reporting about media. And it would kind of been OK to do what they did. But it's not. It's a it's a report that aired on. Uh, was it the morning edition? What's the name of that show? They have
0: the morning edition
2: Yeah, in the morning edition, whatever
0: in the morning edition.
2: Listen to how the just how they blatantly now are saying that they are taking advertising from the pharmaceutical Industrial complex. The
8: year that just ended, hospitals
3: stepped up their spending on advertising. Blake Farmer, a member station. Now remember, he's saying
2: advertising. And WPLN reports that academic medical centers are some of the latest airing commercials coast
8: to coast.
7: The biggest spenders on advertising are also, not surprisingly, the household names. Advertising. advertising mayo clinic mount sinai and new york presbyterian led the way for the first half of 2011 overall hospitals shelled out 20 percent more during that period than in the prior year according to the research firm kantar media one of the newcomers trying its luck on the national stage is vanderbilt university medical center
4: and the most amazing part
7: so here they're just airing a commercial
4: is that the most amazing part is yet to come that's the promise of discovery
7: in the last year the nashville based teaching hospital bought ad time on ad time cnn fox news and npr so wait a minute did he just say they bought ad time on npr did he just really say that yeah, that's what he said. Jill Austin is Vanderbilt's chief marketing officer.
5: We think of it almost as a, a service. This
2: is what you do, by the way. When you score a new advertiser, you let the chief marketing officer come on in an advertorial. This is what yeah, you do. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: you bring him on, give him some extra, some extra bonuses. A little extra juice. Bonuses, yeah, yeah. yeah,
2: we're going to kick off. Uh, so uh, when you uh, advertise on NPR, we're going to let you kick off the campaign with an advertorial that we'll do uh, on uh, our In the Morning Edition report, which is really popular.
5: To the public to get the word out.
7: The Vanderbilt ads primarily focus on treatments for cancer and heart disease that are
2: based on... And uh, we'll make sure we run down everything you do. We'll let, let you know what you primarily focus on so people are really into the ad campaign before it kicks in with the advertising. ...on an individual's
7: DNA. But Austin says luring patients hasn't been the primary goal.
5: Ultimately, it helps us attract students to Vanderbilt, faculty and staff, you know, we ourselves are proud of the work that we do.
2: Now, we'll let you uh, talk about what, why you really advertise but just to balance it out a little bit, we've got to let one of our shill guys in. Well, It'll only be like five seconds, I promise.
7: So
5: it's really focused in that direction.
2: Despite what
7: some institutions say, Joel English of the Milwaukee-based marketing firm BVK
2: By the way, we'll grab some guy from some marketing thing that no one's ever heard of and no one gives a crap about, just some nondescript name. says the thrust of national marketing isn't
7: recruiting or even fundraising
5: there are ancillary benefits to a
3: effective regional or national campaign that said during a time in healthcare where dollars are precious i don't believe those would be the key
5: reasons for a national campaign i think the key reason is to attract more patients
7: Several teaching hospitals have tried raising their national profiles in recent years. The University of Pittsburgh Medical Center launched a multi-million dollar campaign in 2005. Of which we got lots of money. The University of Michigan Health System has been on NPR and bought ads in the New York Times Sunday magazine. English says a lot of the impetus is shrinking Medicare and Medicaid reimbursements, which put a particular squeeze on teaching hospitals.
2: So now I'm going to shuttle ahead in this report to the very end, because that's where it gets... Interesting yet again.
7: But Gelb says as much as anything, the institution wants its name in front of physicians who ultimately make the referrals.
2: Now, we've got a great audience here at NPR. Uh, We have doctors listening, you know, general practitioners. We've got specialists. They will also be hearing your ads, and we will be putting into their brains to recommend going to your hospital. We have the best audience. It's proven. Look, here's all the research that we have on our audience. They're smart, and they're educated, and they're doctors. The
7: goals vary, Gilb says, and most are hard to measure.
5: You can't necessarily quantify it. Hey, 56 patients came in last year. But you can say the difference from before to after is significantly positive.
2: This is where we say, you know, we don't know where half of your advertising dollars will go on NPR, but we know half of it will be working.
7: Or it isn't. For the latest to broaden its horizons, Vanderbilt reports a statistically significant change. However, the University of Michigan health system wasn't exactly thrilled with the results of its national ads. A spokesman says it <clears> recently <throat> moved its national marketing away from pricey traditional media
2: and to the web instead. So um, I'm like, well, that's interesting. Why would they say at the very end that uh, Michigan is moving away to the web? So all I did is I listened to the past week of npr shows the
3: annual event when the folks at story Corps ask people from around the country to interview the people who matter most to them this year we're hoping you might pay tribute to a teacher tell me more barbershop contributor lester spence has this story for the project
1: after high school he was accepted into the university of michigan but the notion okay there's
2: number one number two
3: I wanted to find out where the new technology is being developed to make gas engines more efficient. So I went on a tour of an engine lab with Professor Anna Stefanopoulou. She's the director of the Automotive Research Center at the University of Michigan.
2: And then we have number three.
5: Rich Rodriguez, recently fired as the University of Michigan football coach, decided to clear out his closet of everything related to the Wolverines and donate it all to the Wayne, Michigan Salvation Army.
0: 432 items, most of which will be auctioned tomorrow including Michigan jackets, shirts, hand towels and this big ticket item says Major John Aaron of the Salvation Army.
2: So, we're really sorry the guy got fired, but don't worry we'll make it up with some cool story about all the shit you're selling. NPR is a compromised rotten organization. <laughs> unfortunately, they're they're making a lot of money.
0: Yeah, well, you know the that's what you do. I mean, that's what people tend to do. They they compromise uh their principles which we haven't done and uh they make a lot of money that's the way it works that's the way the system is and that's why the public that gets short sheeted on the whole thing they don't get to find out about these bills you went, ran into the other a uh, few minutes ago uh and the, or they or even these don't even t- talk about the national defense act which has this onerous um, picking up you know turning the the whole country into a military state and then of course that bill that you mentioned which can take any citizen they, you know some guy with a grudge against his local bank and yells at a teller next thing you know he's expatriate he's not even a citizen anymore and thrown in the gitmo and doesn't need to trial none of this is discussed why would it be
2: could you imagine because- going into the bank and saying i'm calling for a teller ban what He said Taliban. He said Taliban. I heard him saying. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could
7: do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda.
2: Donating is loving. In the
0: morning. We only have eight donors in the $50 or more level. Apparently, there's no no love in the world. The donation is loving is is not bullcrap. It's bullcrap. Not really. But we do have, but there is one one I want to talk about before we get out of the uh, segment. I'll talk about it after I mention these guys. Which is, uh, first of all, we got one, two, three, four, one, two, four, five, six. Someone missed the three. Uh, the Norwegian uh, Oystein Berge is a notorious listener of his show, best podcast in the universe, and sends a smiley face from Norway. He's in Govik, Upland. I'm guessing. Uh, James Jasmine, I'm sorry, Jasmine Brooks in Townsend, Massachusetts, nuts. fifty-five double nickels on the dime. Hi, John and Adam, the clip show was phenomenal, so I figured it was time to show my appreciation of your hard work by finally donating. Could you send some karma to my boyfriend Brian Noe? He turned me on to the best cod, pe, best podcast <laughs> in the universe two years ago, and he's an amazing guy. What better way to show my love than give him some no agenda karma? Two twelve is here, and we'll need a bit of it to make it out alive.
2: Oh, that's so nice. Thank you for all you do, guys. Here you go. That's so, that's a cute gift, absolutely.
4: You've got karma. Is
0: that the same Brian Noe that worked for Mevio? Uh, Brian um, that could
2: it could be. There's two. Okay, uh, I, It could be. Well, uh, Wait a minute, how is it spelled? N-
0: yeah, I think it is. Oh, he would listen to the show. Well, that's good. That means we have, of all the employees at that company, we have three listeners. You... Uh, <laughs> S. Russell Williams, Boise, Idaho, double nickels on the dime. Doing my own version of donating matching as I also gave double nickels on the dime to Ron Paul. Viva la revolution. Woo! That can't talk will get you thrown in Gitmo, my friend. That's right. Scott Olson, San Diego, California. Double. I'd like to see him pick up, uh, pick up uh, Ron Paul and put him in Gitmo. <laughs> San Diego, California. <laughs> double nickels on the dime. Happy so. tw- 2012, guys. Give me some New Year's karma and keep up the good work.
2: All right, absolutely. Happy to hand it out when you deserve it. You've got
4: karma.
0: Scott Rezepka in Nap- Naperville, Illinois. Fifty two twenty nine. Nicholas Wallace in Toledo, Ohio. $50 Need some new house karma because we found some water in our breaker box and a new house Ooh. my wife and I bought here in Nashville. Ah. Keep up all your hard work just getting by in the United Corporations of America. Getting all by. right. Get rid of the breaker box karma.
4: You've got karma.
0: or the water in the breaker box karma. And finally... Uh, That's it? Yeah. Mm. Royce Kokami in Aliyah Hawaii, $50 and no comment. I do have one uh, letter that came in that was for, and we looked this up. Uh, it was Andrew Gardner. Uh, he uh, donated a couple, I think on the 20, j- just before our uh, Christmas clip show, I think, uh, 12407, which is the most uninteresting least it's in the number. In the universe, yeah in the universe. So one, two, four Oh seven. He says in the morning, I joined the clip show. Glad I didn't have to go seven days with no agenda. Donating the least or the most uninteresting number in order to harness the getting laid karma <laughs> as well as good karma for my flight. to Gitmo. sound of music. Oh, that's Austria. Austria. I'll be listening to the guys on my flight over Euroland. So he sent in saying, Hey, you missed the thing. And so we looked it up. It didn't come across on the spreadsheet. And curiously, now this is the thing that is, the most interesting he sent a link where he donated and this got me immediately suspicious i clicked on the link and it took me to the john c Dvorak account which by the way these things should link to the no agenda show not john c devorek that's the old, oh you know, okay but that, no that's not what the reason was i still download that spreadsheet and incorporate it so that should have still been in there until i you know until that dwindles down to no there's a lot of old subscriptions and stuff right. in Right. Well, those will get canceled automatically. Don't worry. Yeah, eventually. So anyway, I'm looking at it says, OK, well, wait a minute. I, it says at the top because it, it tells you what the donations for. It says donation for the most uninterest or least interesting number in the universe. One, two, four, oh, seven. It was like it was like a title of a button. What? I had never created this button. So I went back into the PayPal account, the John C. Devorak account, to see, well, maybe somebody came up with some scam because he got this from a Google search. He searched Google for most uninteresting number or least interesting number. <laughs> really? And this Google thing came up, and when he clicked on it, it went to John C. Dvorak Company with this moniker. So I never created the moniker because you create your own buttons on, on PayPal. So I went in there, and I looked up my account that had these, these uh, donations, and I found his donation of 12407. So it did go to the right account. Huh. But how did this button magically appear that I never did? I never designed. Somebody did it from outside somehow. Oh, no. Well, I mean, it's a good thing. But <laughs> <when> it seems <laughs> to me that you could also scam people. I really do recommend you go to Dvorak.org NA or one of the other conduits into our regular donation pages as opposed to just some random thing uh, from Google. Uh, although I'm not complaining, but, but it just seemed eer- weird to me, and there's I don't know what to make of it. I, mean, I didn't know you could do that. Some, what, obviously, one of our listeners.
2: Created well, yeah, it. of course you can always make a make a button for someone else's PayPal. That's actually not a bad idea. Just to come up with crazy things, you know, like you know, donate to uh, sheer professional magnificence.
0: Arr! <laughs> oh, you mean? Well, anyway, I found it interesting. I'm
2: Donating is loving. Sorry.
0: So anyway, yeah. So that was a kind of a unique experience going through that. But anyway, I want to thank Andrew for for allowing me to uh, go on and on with that story. So anyway, Dvorak.org slash na channel Dvorak.com slash na noagendashow no dot Check on the check the uh, donation buttons. Uh, we'll probably I'm gonna try to put up a whole new uh, page of for donors on the. Main donation page with some of these things on there. I'll, I'll put the least interesting number donation on there. We do have an interesting—not uh, uh, to use the word interesting over and over—but we we do have an interesting date coming up. Two one twelve is a is a, a palindrome. It's February first twelve two 2112. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one, and that's coming up shortly. And i uh, you know maybe we should promote that. I, I haven't done a mailing for a while, so I'll just say hello to everybody. Matt Schauer, uh, who's a uh, patron of the show, uh, checked in and said, "I quit uh, my
2: job at the beginning of November. haven't been able to find a comparable one until now." Well, I maybe mean, that wasn't such a good idea, but you <laughs> never know." I have a phone interview Friday in the morning. Please give me a shot of karma for the interview. Once I have a job again, I'll be sure to finish my knighthood. I'm only $150 away, so I think we should definitely give him some karma for that.
4: You've got karma.
2: Thanks for the karma, he says, and for making the best podcast in the universe.
0: And I want to point out to listeners who complain about the fact that this segment goes on too long, that it will always have a certain length. But not no today. What.
2: Today was short. <laughs> today. Well, I know. by
0: trying to pad it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, good job. It's your
0: birthday, birthday.
2: Huh? On No Agenda. Only one for today. Uh, Matt Milligan congratulates his brother, Jake, uh, who uh, celebrated his birthday uh, last Sunday on the 1st. Happy
0: birthday from all your buddies here at the No Agenda Show. It's your
2: yeah. No knighthoods today, no damehoods, no...
0: Well, you said, you know, when we did the show on uh, the first, you know, where everyone's hungover, you said, I don't think anyone's listening, and I think this kind of proves it out.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so uh, another prediction come true. No <laughs> one's listening. Check it off the book. <laughs> the No Agenda show where no one's listening, and you're screwed. Okay, uh, second half of the show, great news. I'm very excited about this. Uh, we've had a lot of
0: Norwegian Sick. stuff. Be playing that sound?
2: <laughs> go on. I can't play that sound because you are the one that has the uh, the slide. Uh, I'm assault.
0: asking if I should play the sound.
2: No, I think. Uh, I not, think flying, not flying I'll saucers? Go. Tens of thousands of dead herring have carpeted a stretch of coast in northern Norway. But here's the crazy thing the fish appeared on New Year's Eve. Leading to speculation, of course, you know, the science is in that predators might have driven a huge school ashore, or they could have been washed on the beach by a powerful storm. But here's what's crazy. They were getting ready to clean it up, which is the estimated 20 ton tons of dead fish. The fish disappeared.
0: Oh, bull crap. So
2: clearly, there is a Stargate in Norway. Well,
0: I'm the one who makes that prediction. There's a Stargate with fish on the other side. That's
2: right. And the Stargate opened, the fish popped out, then the Stargate opened again, and they flew back into it. (laughs) I'm telling you, no, you you think I'm crazy about these Stargates, man. But they exist. It was actually quite nice doing that with your train whistle, uh, your slide whistle at the same time. Kind of worked.
0: Well, I think we're done. No, we're not done.
2: You're talking about... Absolutely not.
0: So I was watching uh, PBS, and of all things, they put on—they put on this this guy. I just find him to be a joke. This Cornell West. Oh, this is the uh, yeah. I know he. Yeah, black guy with his hair every which way and a big gap tooth. He just rants. He's
2: the professor who was uh, yeah. He's a crazy professor. He had the, he's like
0: Professor Irwin
2: Corey. He had the drinks with President Obama. He had the root beer.
0: I don't know if he did or not. Whatever the case was, Play, this guy finally discusses success and he gets the old meme in there. Apparently, success is when you, do, you work for other people for free You on know, service organizations. That's the way to go. Imagine when it don't itch. <laughs> oh, yes. For the last 35 years, we've told young people in every corner of this nation to do what? Be successful. Be successful. Be successful. What does success mean? Material toys. Title. Wealth power and being well adjusted to injustice well
1: adjusted to injustice well adapted to indifference is that success?
0: I'm old school (laughs) my tradition told me to be great (laughs) and he or she is greatest among you has to do with the quality of your service to others and the depth your love for others,
1: beginning with our great gift of our Jewish brothers and sisters to the world,
0: the prophetic tradition. <laughs> then he goes off the deep end with something that doesn't make any sense you, at all. Can
2: you do me a favor? Uh, are you doing Twit on Sunday? It's about time for you to be on the show again, right? Uh, maybe. Yeah. So at some point during the broadcast, can you just say? I'm old school, man. (laughs) Old school. Just say that. What does that even mean? Who cares? Just say it. I'm old school, man. (laughs) Just whenever it comes up, like it's like, you know, about some thing that no one needs, like Siri or some gadget you strap on that monitors your heart rate and your sleep rate. Just say, I don't want that. Now, I'm old school, man. You have to say it that way, too. (laughs) I'm old school, man. Hey, good news, John. We're expanding our operation. Oh, who is we, white man? Hey, man, I'm old school, man. It's you and me. We're expanding our operation. It's going great with the syndication of our new format. Okay.
0: Win,
3: lose, or drone. That's right. Now we are
2: very happy to present to you the Canadian version of our show. Ladies and gentlemen, come on down. All you Canadians, it's time to play Win, Win, Lose, or Drone
3: a lot of talk lately about holes in security along the border with Canada.
6: The risk of terrorist activity uh, across our northern border is actually higher than across our southern border.
3: But CBC News has learned that hole has now gotten much smaller. Predator bees from this base in North Dakota have more than quadrupled their range and are now patrolling 1,500 kilometers right to Washington State. As well, before, they couldn't fly within 16 kilometers of the Canadian border. Now they are cleared to fly right up to the line. We have 950 nautical miles of border, uh, linear border, by 100 miles deep. 100 miles deep. So, rough math, 95,000 square miles. It's not like the Predator drone has just appeared here. They were first unveiled amid much fanfare two years ago. But it's taken this long to train pilots and to prove to federal aviation authorities that they can operate safely inside civilian airspace. I notice you steer away from using the term terrorist. Uh, well, uh, there are other applications for this, but certainly terrorism acts comes to mind. So... How effective has the program been in the past two years? It's a sensitive issue. But you have, have you been involved in interceptions in the last two years? Not, not, not with uh, actual crossings. <laughs> it been used uh, with arrests with actual investigative Where you assisted but Correct. didn't precipitate what happened. Correct.
2: So there you go. Drones over Canada, but we've caught no terrorists. But we are tracking your ass. We're assisting in investigations.
0: Well, it's like Ron Paul says, maybe just to keep us in. Yeah. There's a lot of drone
2: news, actually. Uh, A freedom of information request uh, to the CAA, that's the Civil Aviation Authority in Gitmo Nation East, has revealed 60 companies have been granted blanket permissions to fly unmanned drones within UK civil airspace. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That's great. So they have three times.
0: So, types of- Jr. and I are thinking about starting up a drone, uh, independent drone operation ourselves to, to, to do traffic analysis. Have the drones going up and down eighty, and then around uh, the Bay Bridge, or keep them down at some low altitude because it would be the small drones with cameras, and then the cameras would be streamed to the internet, and people could check in. And because right now the competition is KGO, they got one guy in a helicopter, and he's got to do the whole Bay Area. We figure we can have about ten drones. And we can cover everything instantaneously because the drones would be would be programmed to just go around in a certain you know a certain pattern, which to, for certain bottlenecks in the in the area. And you know the police can use them if they need them. I'm, I, well, I'm, I'm very disappointed by this idea mm-hmm. because uh, I, where's my cut?
2: Well... Am I not in? Am I not a part of the new and we'll the, new, give you, the new, we'll give you, It depends. It depends. The adventure? Can I? Maybe. Kinda,
0: maybe. Uh, who's going to fly? You wanted to set up an Austin branch. Hello. Do You have any freeways? Hello. You got any traffic there, or is hello. It just horse carts? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have any traffic. Um, I can fly the drones. I can fly them from here.
0: Okay. Well, you'll be the head of training. Can I? No. I want to be head of uh, flight operations. Okay, you're, that's it. It's your new title. Head, uh,
2: hello, I'm Adam Curry, head of uh, head of flight operations for the what's the name of the company? Dvorak. Well, Drone? I,
0: West Coast Drones. No, no, or, it's got to be Dvorak Drone, Dvorak Curry Drones, Dvorak and Dvorak Drones. I don't know. We, we'll name it, but first we got to start researching these drones, and we just we just it's cover D- the D-C-D, area. D-C-D,
2: with them. No, listen. For marketing purposes, we traffic call it traffic drones. DCD Dvorak Curry Drones. DCD. It's a, good, yeah, it's, not a, it's a hot name, DCD.
0: Yeah, uh, DCD is not bad. Dvorak Curry Drones. Let's get somebody to get on that one and get a shot. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll it. get right on that.
2: I'm sure DCD.com is way available. No, DCD Drones. Well, DC, uh, Can't we DC, just uh, get DCDs impossible? Isn't ICANN releasing all the new top yeah, level we domains? We
0: could got some new uh, TLDs. We could use one of those. Let's make one called do, dot dot
2: Drone. Dot Drone, exactly. Dot Drone. We could own that. We could be the registrar, another side business. Anything, please, anything but what we're doing now, because I'm starving over here.
0: Starving to death.
2: Uh, A couple more drone stories, and I'm done with that. Uh, Montana is now going to be using drones against wolves. It's hard to track these wolves, apparently. So they're going to drone the wolves. <laughs> it's drone the wolves. It's one step from droning the lone wolf. It's not far. It's, it's it's mind. It's conditioning is what it is. Get used to people thinking drone the wolf and then it'll be drone the lone wolf. And before you know it, it's over.
0: <laughs> drone
2: everyone. Same thing for uh, uh, the Japanese whalers. Uh, drones are now joining in the fight. U.S. military technology adapted as "eye in the sky" by eco activists in the Antarctic seas. See, these guys are smart because they get like all kinds of NGO money to fly their drones. And let's face it, it's just a model rocketry club. Just you know, guys, like, this is great. My hobby is now my business. This is fantastic. What? A, what a great idea! What a great idea! Anyway, that closes off our
0: segment today for our game show. Win,
4: lose, or drone.
0: I like it. DCD. Okay, well, we're, we're going to work on that. Right? I am, That's a, I this am is the, one of our great ideas. This is one of the
2: better ideas. I am the director of flight operations for DCD. Can I have business cards?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Vistaprint.
2: <laughs> Vistaprint. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so I
0: do have a one p- little side thing, just to change the subject a little bit. I do have a pet peeve. You're gonna have to listen to this clip. Okay. This is Charles Barkley on the John Stewart show. Okay. Uh, pet peeve coming up. Between his shoes and the floor. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's very sad. Who's gonna be the best team this year? Who who you liking? Uh that's a great
3: question.
0: Oh. What? <laughs> who do you like? That's a great question. <laughs> How is the question like, hey, Adam, uh, how you doing today? That's a great question, John. <laughs> Don't stop. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got to say. I mean, people are, must be fed up with my complaining about this. But that's not a great question. It's a question he must be asked a million times. What makes it great? Because he can answer it? <laughs> you, you, we've got to have a way to finish up this great question rant. I, well, I got, Did you we do the one for last week, the last show that had a great question rant? It's it's always the same. But, yeah, it's always. But you need to wrap it same. up. You need to it's wrap it up. That's not a great question. Like, you John can't C. wrap it up. Just play the jingle. Yeah,
2: just say, the, the, the wrap up is that's not a great question. Do it. That's
0: not a great question. John C. Dvorak's pet peeve of the day.
2: Okay, that's my cue from now on.
0: <laughs> okay, that'd be the cue. Ah.
2: Uh. All right, i got a couple of things that are important to look forward to. Uh, Big date, January 1st, uh, February 1st, 2nd, February 2nd. Yet again, the General, Attorney General Eric Holder, better known as the General, because that's how he's addressed now in our militarized state, uh, will now appear once again for the sixth time before the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee to answer further questions about the Justice Department's handling of Operation Fast and Furious. Now, interesting. Right along those lines, Lori Robinson, assistant to the general and responsible for disseminating billions of dollars of uh, stimulus funds, has abruptly resigned from the Department of Justice.
0: Oh, Oops. he's heading to Canada.
2: Oops. Yep, Lori
0: is out. This means What's her name again? Let me do Lori, look her up in the book of knowledge.
2: Lori Robinson assistant attorney general for the the division of the justice <laughs> department that oversees juvenile justice interesting she must be doing more she leads the office of justice programs there you go which is the main conduit of federal justice funds so she's the she's the bag lady if you look her up lori robinson wikipedia it should say bag lady
0: She's not even, I don't even see a Wikipedia entry for her. No, she's one of these That's silent. That's kind of pathetic. She's one of these silent ones. No, she's Everyone bi- needs to have a Wikipedia entry or they're... Don't exist. They don't exist anymore. So here's something crazy. Yesterday... There she is. She it. is in the Wikipedia.
2: And she's not hot.
0: Oh, wait a minute. This is Major General Lori Robinson who was in the Air Force. Do we call her Major? She's an Air Force Major General who's the Director of Legislative Liaison Office of the Secretary of the Air Force. Now, there's a different. There's a bunch of Lori Robinsons. That's the problem. Oh, ah, that's even worse. Hmm. They're obfuscated by the sheer number of them.
2: <laughs> it's a cult, I tell you. Lori Robinson, didn't she used to host a, a show, a, a video show on uh, USA Network?
5: <laughs>
2: yeah, seriously. Hold on. Yeah, maybe. Lori... Rob, Robinson, I'm telling you, she was, uh, let me see, Lori
0: Robinson. How do you spelling Lori? L-A-U-R-I-E. And that's the way I've got it. This other one is spelled Lori with a L-O-R-I. Oh. Here she is. Oh, God, she looks like a dingbat. <laughs> but seriously, she's got this weird hairdo <clears throat> and a goofball smile, and she just looks like a dingbat. Does she did her quitting has got nothing to do with anything okay, I can assure all, you
2: all right, all right, we'll see. We'll see if it comes up. You know I'll be watching. You know I will be watching so you don't have to so Wednesday morning we woke up she's here.
0: magna cum laude graduate of Brown University, a member of Phi Beta Kappa. Just take a look at her
2: What do you mean? She's a perfect bag lady well, maybe
0: all right, go on, so, go, on, go, on so, go on so
2: Wednesday morning. Uh, we wake up now. This was after I was up until two, you know, watching our prediction come true, and uh, and you know, Austin is uh, it's beautiful here. The sky is blue.
0: And what are you doing? I'm leaning back and reading the New York Times. <laughs> That's so rude. <laughs> is this what you're going to
2: do in board meetings of the DCD? You're going to like this is what I do in board meetings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this is a show. I need you to pay attention.
0: Okay, I'm paying attention.
2: So we wake up and Mickey says, Oh my goodness. Chemtrails. And I look out, and sure enough, I've been here five weeks. I've not seen a single uh <clears throat> persistent jet contrail. And there's one that's like clear as day. It's all. Uh, you bl- took photos. Well, of course. You know, I haven't published them because it's always the same pictures, but and then I read The Texas Department of State Health Services will be dropping vaccines from the air on Wednesday. What? What? (laughs) It is part of the annual effort to protect people and livestock from rabies. They'll be dropping about 1.8 million doses of the rabies vaccine over the next month. The vaccine are enclosed in small packets dipped in fish oil and coated with fish meal crumbles. The baits don't pose a risk to humans, but organizers say you should avoid them because animals are less likely to eat the bait if a human has been messing around with it. So, package it, schmack it. They're just dropping vaccines from the air. That's
0: crazy. That can't be okay.
2: Huh.
0: I've never heard va- of such a thing.
2: <sighs> no, of course not that would give credence to the whole
0: persistent jet contrails uh, thing. I, to me, that's disturbing. No, this is a separate thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. Look, here, Ohio distributes raccoon vaccines from the air. So this has been going on. Nobody's been talking about it. In fact, it took us forever to pick it up. Here it is. Here's a picture of it. Beginning last month, Ohio is dropping 762,000 of these raccoon rabies vaccines over 14 counties by air. And it's a little green thing. You have a picture of yours? Uh, not online, but yeah. Uh, okay, it's a little green cube with a gabagoo in the middle. And <laughs> it says the Ohio Department of has become so concerned about the potential exposure of residents to rabid animals that they begun a massive campaign to distribute rabies vaccines by air. Hmm. So you can. So the rabies vaccine is available uh, as an oral uh, vaccine. Is that what they're telling me? I guess so. It's or contained the- in a fish meal that attracts raccoons. Each piece of fish meal is about the size of a packet of ketchup. Beginning last month, the state is <laughs> in the process of... Just ketchup? Yeah, ketchup It's going to kill them
2: with, with high fructose corn syrup?
0: Uh, apparently. <laughs> it's yet to be seen whether the unprecedented airdrop will be successful or not. Hmm. This is just crazy. This <laughs> is weird. The story is even weirder. They're talking about Michigan, too. Michigan has not yet had any confirmed cases of rabid raccoons in 2011. But that doesn't mean we're lacking... In other rabid animals, yeah, yeah, like humans. Tally is rabid animals includes forty five bats, which won't eat this stuff. I'm sure. Oh, no, they're not stupid. Bats Two are smart. Two skunks, one fox, and a woodchuck, and one dog. I'm foaming at the mouth. Huh? This is crazy. That should this not. is pretty funny. This should who not be dreamed allowed. up. This one. We got to <laughs> figure out who, what companies behind it, because they sold somebody a bill of goods. Yeah. I'm telling you, this doesn't even look right.
2: Listen, this could be a spinoff for the C for the DCD. We could uh, we could drop uh, vaccine packets from our drones.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we have to get bigger drones for that. I think you need big. You have to lease a big, you know, C one hundred and forty or something, and then throw this crap out the back.
2: I do want to say a few things about EuroLand, since uh, it's kind of gone quiet, but uh, things are shuffling. Things are moving. Um looks like uh Goldman Sachs is making some moves, you know, the uh there were 3 new members to be appointed to the European Central Bank board. And uh, of course the Germans wanted a German in there.
0: Not so, so They fast. should have a German in there.
2: Well, here's who got appointed. Um so far, gonna... so far they've been French, German and Belgian. Uh Draghi that's a Super Mario has replaced the two Germans with one, which is pissing off the Germans to no end. So they got Jurgen Stark out, and they put in the Belgian Peter Pratt, P-R-A-E-T, who, uh, uh, whose campaign was supported by Draghi consistently. So uh, there's some moves there to shut the Germans up, which I think is just of note. Uh, Ireland and Portugal have uh, gone to the uh, EFSF now to be the ESM, which is that new uh, European Stability um, Movement, whatever, Management, which is the one that is open-ended and everyone has to contribute to. Uh, They have uh, taken €3 billion to keep afloat. And in Germany, uh, just like we uh, talked about in Greece... Now, uh, everywhere in Germany, it's cropping up. You can now
0: also pay with Deutsche And there's a huge rumor going around the Internet. Uh, and it's been my son knows about it. And it actually came up. I saw it in a comment uh, in, on The Economist. Uh, I'll read from the comment. There are actually unsubstantiated rumors that the German central bank is actually printing a new currency as a precautionary measure.
2: Yeah, this has been this has been a rumor for a couple months actually.
0: Yeah, it started in November. Uh, last I, I year.
2: don't know how much
0: credence I can give that. They're supposedly doing it from a, a banknote company in the UK. No, it, it would seem to really? me that someone would have leaked one of these bills. Oh, watch them crop up, Photoshop jobs everywhere. Well, yeah.
2: Now, this other thing that I found interesting, which is uh, I think uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands will be one of the first to implement this, is the SEPA, S-E-P-A, the Single Euro Payments Area. Have you been following this? Yeah, a little bit. So the Single Euro Payments Area, the idea is that you can now transfer, it's you know, it's basically we have, what do we have, IBAN and stuff like that. There's all these different uh, uh, networks. What's the other one that we use here? Um... Uh I can't remember. Well, there's all these ways of transferring money. So it's it's basically, it's a computer network, a computer system, which all of the banks and vendors
0: and the government... Yeah, like Star. Sorry? Like Star. If you look on the back of your uh, debit card or your credit card, it has a bunch of the networks on it.
2: Right. So SEPA uh, will enable, and this is how it's being sold, of course, will enable Europeans uh, to transfer money to anyone in any euro uh, area... Without an additional fee, it'll, it'll still have your regular bank fee. In fact, one of the stipulations is, is the fee cannot be more than it is today, but it's all going to run through uh, the central command. And central command, of course, will know exactly what you're doing because now the, the the mothership owns the network. But what I found interesting is an undiscussed point Because what the the, so this is being introduced February first in uh, Gitmo Nation Lowlands. Everyone's going to be using the single Euro payment area network. But what is um, there's a lot there are a lot of consumers who are worried about this so-called direct debit portion of the network, and the direct debit portion enables entities, banks, or in fact governments to direct debit your account. I e, don't worry about your taxes. We'll just take that right we'll out of your. Ba- out. We'll just suck it right out of your bank account. And uh, this is really being suppressed. This information, because of course, you know the fact that you're now connected uh, to the government, who can now suck the money out of your account, because you're essentially going to have to sign a direct debit agreement with your government, local or Brussels or both and your taxes will be taken care of automatically no worries don't worry we'll we'll do all of that for you no they'll
0: make it a good thing yeah, we've that way it. they just said look here's how it's going to work you, normally you're paying your taxes you going through all this process you're probably screwing up the tax you're paying too much do you know let us make the calculation for you we'll make sure that you get that is right
2: the um, the advertising campaign for a long time for the dutch uh, internal revenue service who are doing everything online now, has been a rough translation. We can't make it more fun. We can make it easier. <laughs> yeah, bastards. That's right. a good one. Yeah. And boo-hoo. Ooh, hello? <clears throat> hello? Check?
0: Whoa. Yeah, 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 you're fine.
2: No, I'm not. I'm not.
0: What happened? Hello? Hello. Yeah, you're fine now. I blew up. What do you mean you blew up? I blew up. You had did the did the, 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 the recording stop? No, no, no. My microphone just turned off for some
2: reason. Anyway. Mm. Boo hoo to Mother Jones. Did you see this hit piece that they published on Ron Paul? I missed it. Oh my god. I've been actually
0: I've been having trouble watching any of the the hit jobs. There was I was watching something with Chris Wallace going after Ron Paul for some quotes in a book he wrote in 1980 and the quotes are taken out of context and there's just this nitpick and I just can't watch this stuff anymore. It's just like, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. Well, and, 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 and it's so annoying that it's like, you know, why don't you listen to what the guy has to say and, you know, and maybe look into the defense authorization bill rather than, you know, pounding Ron Paul for something that he wrote in a book 20 years ago.
2: The title of the article in Mother Jones, written by Kevin Drum. Kevin Drone? (laughs) Kevin Drum. Oh. Crackpots do not make good messengers. You can imagine this caught my eye. Oh, yeah. I thought it was about you. Here it is. So then, Ron Paul, should we lefties be happy he's in the presidential race Giving non-interventionism a voice, even if he has other beliefs we find less agreeable? Should we be happy that his non-mainstream positions are finally getting a public hearing? This is depressingly common view. For example, can we talk? Ron Paul is not a charming oddball with a few peculiar notions. He's not merely out of the mainstream. Ron Paul is a full-bore crank. In fact, he's practically the dictionary definition of crank. A person who has a single, obsessive, all-encompassing idea for how the world should work and is utterly blinded to the value of any competing ideas or competing interests. Wow, to start it off with a dictionary definition is pretty harsh. And it just goes on and on. It's like, uh, this isn't the biography of a person who is, who, with one or two unusual hobby horses. <laughs> it's not something you can pretend doesn't matter. This is grade A crankery. And all by itself is a reason enough to to want nothing to do with Ron Paul. But, of course, that's not all. As we've all known for the past four years, you can layer on top of this Paul's now infamous newsletters in which he condoned a political strategy consistently designed to appeal to the worst strains of American homophobia, racial paranoia, militia hucksterism, and New World Order fear-mongering. And on top of that, you can layer on the fact that Paul is plainly lying about these newsletters and his role in them. It just goes on and on and on. Mother Jones should be ashamed. He's plainly lying, so that he has proof of this. He's a dick. I don't know who this guy. He doesn't. well does he have proof? Let me see. No, he doesn't. Of course not. He doesn't have proof. Even if you're a hardcore non-interventionist yourself, you probably think World War II was a war worth fighting, but not Ron Paul.
0: <sighs> uh, it's not going to so work. So here's, here's some background on the guy, according to Kevin, the book, apology. Kevin Drum. Yeah, he's a cat blogger, known for pioneering the trend of blogging about his cat. (laughs) Yeah, seriously,
2: he's a cat blogger.
0: Yeah, he's a major cat blogger. He's uh, also big into peak oil theory issues. Issues about his liberal blog Cal Pun. He's a big liberal. Uh, He apparently his intellectual heroes were Franklin Roosevelt, major intellectual. Isaac Newton, John Maynard Keynes, Edward R. Murrow, another, you know, intellectual, he's a television performer. And Charles Darwin, he also considers Ben Franklin an all-time favorite political hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he, was, he was with Kofax Image Projects for nine, Products for nine years as the VP of Marketing. He's a, uh, he's a
2: pussy blogger is what and you're he's
0: saying. A, and he's a cat blogger. And <laughs> the drum originally supported the 2003 Iraq War. So,
2: I mean, this guy's a loser. <laughs> no, he's a douchebag. All right, so is Bob Schieffer, by the way. Here's a little opening oh, salvo. Bob Schieffer's terrible. Here's a little salvo he fired at Rand, Paul.
4: Uh, let me ask you this. I mean, uh, your father is a very polite and decent man. He's, he's uh, very nice to deal with. Uh, everybody seems to like him. But I don't know a single impartial observer who thinks that he could wind up getting the nomination, let alone uh, winning in a general election. Does he think he could win?
2: <laughs> he doesn't know a single, single solitary... The, the science is in. A single solitary... The agrees. science
3: is in. No,
4: everybody
2: agrees. There's not a single uh, impartial not observer. person. Not one single one. Well, he's probably been hanging out with Al Gore too much. I was switching back and forth. I was watching the, uh, the coverage. Uh, so we had um, CNN. You had uh, MSNBC with Rachel and, uh who gave up uh, after like 1 o'clock. She just went home and then brought the guy with the glasses in, her protege. Uh, we had Fox. And we also had uh, uh, Current. And Current TV had Chunk on. What's his name? Chunk? Chank, Chunk? Chunk?
0: Oh, that guy, Chunk.
2: Chunk. chunk. I call chunk, him Chunk. Whatever his name is. And uh, interesting, uh, I guess uh, the the honeymoon is over for uh, what's his name? Oberman. Oberman. Yeah, there's
0: a big uh, new front page of the Business Day, in New York Times, this morning. Oh, really? Oberman in a clash at
2: new job. Oh well, he got kicked out because uh, Oberman was not there to analyze the, uh, the the caucus. Instead, owner station owner Al Gore was sitting down. Uh, and uh, <laughs> would you like to hear his views on Ron Paul? Oh, I'd love to. Uh, I mean, I
6: can sense the frustration every time we talk about it. Well, it, you, you know, he has a ceiling, except in fantasy land. I mean, no, i are really. the one who said he had a ceiling. He yeah, does uh, have yeah, a ceiling. Yeah, yeah uh, <laughs> he, he, he does not have a ceiling in fantasy land, Very but right. in the real yeah. world, look when people take a look at his actual positions when Republicans take a look at his actual positions i mean come on can't you did... think it's a style thing the fact that he yeah, was, uh, no I, mean, I, think I think there's he... an enormous amount of frustration i think that you saw uh, from different points on the spectrum occupy wall street the tea party on the right a lot of people getting very frustrated saying look this System is not working. Right. The Congress has not a nine percent approval rating. You know, as many people have noted, well, what are the other ninety-one percent thinking? Uh, I mean, what are those nine no. percent right. thinking? Uh, so th- that all is part of a general attitude that you know, let's just play fifty-two card pickup. Let's just uh, upend things and 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 do something radically different. And I think that he does culturally, psychologically tap into that. But at some point, when people you right. know, uh, look seriously at what his positions are. I mean, getting rid of the Federal Reserve. Uh, I mean, look, the wars are enormously unpopular, but bringing all American oh. Trump no matter what the, the, the dangerous situations are, uh, it, it's so, silly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Go screw a masseuse, you douche. This is interesting. I didn't realize that David Borman had taken over the, the operations there. Who's David He's Borman? The one of, David Borman was the guy who uh, was a consultant at I know him. He's like a Oh I'm really. Say, I haven't been to his house. Can we can but we I, get a show there? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let's, uh hey chunk. Borman wh- was coming after the, you. He was the uh, he was at tech T V for a while and they brought him in as a consultant and then he oh, and and an, an, before an, then another he was <laughs> <laughs> he was, well, no, he was at MSNBC. He's the one, I think, who brought in Soledad O'Brien into the scheme of things. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he was at Tech. Then he went. He became the head of CNN.
2: Oh. And, I, and he got kicked and out.
0: I, I don't know what happened to him until I just read this article that he's now running current. Which uh, And then the ownership is interesting. Apparently, Al Gore is like, I didn't know this either, which is uh, Al Gore... Uh, the channel, which is pri- privately held by Al Gore and others, and others. Perkins, yeah. um, uh-huh. is estimated to have made about $115 million in revenue in 2011, according to research from SNL Kagan, with a cash flow margin of 22.7%. So they're making money. This is much what? more than M- NBC, a unit of NBC Universal, has made, to have made $400 million in revenue with a cash flow margin of 45%. This well, is much bigger well if you look at no, no msnbc is twice as big i was gonna say yeah sorry i'm not reading it right they, well they make their money from cable subs the
2: cable companies they bought a company that had all these cable subs so that's how they make their main money and the rest of it is by firing Oberman because you know they can't even afford his two hundred thousand dollars a year and but whatever
0: they were paying olbermann's besides you know he apparently wanted to do the election coverage but they said no you didn't it because I guess a long time ago, they, and so he got into a beef because they wouldn't let him on the election coverage at right. the last minute, and right. which they should have been able to do, it seems to me. Of course, they had uh, some other congresswoman on, I think, or well, whatever they. Well, who's was I still? I can't imagine they're doing 110 million dollars. But
2: they have, but they have Chunk uh, anchoring the thing. That's no good, chunk, and they were yes, doing it on the pro- Chunk set. They didn't even have, like, a flat... And they had CNN on the monitors in the background. That's... I mean, talk about a low-grade operation. That's like us. (laughs) Worse. (laughs) No, not much worse. Not much. We
0: have the New York Times in the background.
2: All right, so the only other thing that's uh, interesting that's going on that we're kind of tracking is uh, in the category of We Can't Wait, um, where President uh, Obama has uh, gone ahead and just said you know what, screw Congress, screw the Senate, I don't care about these guys. I don't need Senate, senatorial approval to appoint my uh, my terrorist guy as the head of financial uh, consumer affairs. I'm just appointing him. And this is uh, creating quite a hubbub.
0: You follow this? No, I haven't. Give me the briefing.
2: Okay, so you remember the guy uh, that uh, the president uh, pushed forward to run the uh, consumer... So they pushed Oh, yeah, a-
0: right. He did put him through it in the dead of night. Yeah, so they pushed on. a technicality. And by the way, the question remains in my mind is why does he just do everything like this? Well,
2: he's going to. Here's a question from. Uh, this is scripted, by the way. This is Spokeshole Carney's little show. And he has the woman from. Um, I recognize her, the old bat. I forget her name. Scripted question. We
3: can't wait. Oh.
2: Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, that was the jingle. Here's the scripted question.
5: You know, could you... One domestic, one international, please. Uh, On the domestic question, could you give us a little bit more clarity on this with or without Congress? Because it's being interpreted by some. Gingrich, for example. As virtually a monarchy, the president says, you know, can't work with Congress, I'll do it myself. And there's a lot of criticism. Could it... If you can explain exactly, you know, what the idea of that is and whether yeah. it could backfire, whether you would look as if he is trying to just ignore Congress and then you can get into the international. Sure, no,
4: I appreciate the question.
2: I, I appreciate the question because uh, we agreed you would ask it so I could bring this up. So what happened is that there is a technicality. That, uh, and by the way, this is the guy who wrote the book on financial terrorism that find that, uh, e- economics, bad economics leads to lone wolf terrorists. Remember we discussed his book? Oh, yeah, in detail. Yeah, this is a lone wolf terrorist guy. And so he's now been put in, and the, and of course the Senate's having nothing to do. They don't want this guy or they, whatever. But, uh, the technicality is apparently the president can evoke, invoke, evoke his Invo- executive. Invoke his executive power if the Senate is in recess, and the Senate is technically not in recess because every single day I watch it, they go they they do the Pledge of Allegiance. They say, "Hey, hey what are we doing? Doing nothing? Boom, boom. see you tomorrow. Bye." So they're technically still in recess, which of course is a trick. No, not in recess. I mean, technically not in recess, even though they are because everyone's you know partying and uh, out in uh, Saint Barts, whatever. Uh, and so the president says, "You know, that's just a technical." trick i'm making this guy the head of consumer affairs because he's the lone wolf terrorist watch guy and we we've we've got to have that guy in there so here's carney explaining it
4: we have made clear and the president's made clear for a long time now that he will do whatever he can to help the economy to help it grow to help it create jobs to protect the middle class and when congress refuses to act when republicans choose the path of obstruction rather than cooperation, then the president's not going to sit here. This gridlock in Washington is not an excuse for inaction. He's going to take the actions that he can take using his executive authority uh, to help the cause here, to help the cause. Uh, Americans deal with this challenging economy. And they can be small, medium, or large actions. And th- And they don't have to be just executive authority actions. They can be things that we can do working with the private sector. Uh, so, you know, it's it's... He'll pursue all tracks.
2: That's right. Hail the king. So I don't think the, I don't think people are going to take this lying down. I don't think they like that this, that that he did this.
0: Well, if they're not technically in in recess, which is what you claim, uh, then they can't, he can't do it. It's it's illegal.
2: So it'll come down to a um, showdown, showdown at the OK Corral. That's right. Soon to be broadcast live on the DCD drone network.
0: I don't see how Congress can do much about it. I mean, if he just, I mean, it's just like, well, let me change his name to czar and he's done. Because they don't have to approve that. That's the way he can name all these czars. He can
2: can, uh, put an executive order out that from now on you shall address me and the first lady as your excellency.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. he could do that. I think he should. (laughs) get it over with. (laughs) All right. Obama.
2: Please consider us uh, for the coming show on Sunday. Donating is loving, and we need as much love as we can get so we can get some of our other initiatives off of the ground. Literally, get them off the ground. Get it? Wink, wink. Yeah. And a reminder that uh, Bear Crawling Live premieres on the com tonight at 9.30 Eastern Time. A couple of new shows coming onto the stream, so uh, look forward to that. And uh, I'll go back to... uh, Well, we're going to watch the debate, uh, obviously, which will be fun. Let's see how well we did with our positioning uh, for our presidential X-Factor reality show. See who gets voted off the island. Coming to you from Camp MoFo here in Austin, Texas. You found yourself. That's right. In the center of the Drone Star State. In the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry.
0: And from northern Silicon Valley... Uh, I'm John C. Dvorak, and we'll talk to you again
2: on Sunday, right here on No Agenda.
1: <laughs> Wait, is she late? <laughs> So what are you
5: doing here? Your excellency. You don't call her your excellency. No, no, I, I kinda like it. org slash na